please hit like, share, and subscribe. Now enjoy the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Good evening, Jim. Good evening, David. You know, I say good evening every time we start this episode or start the show. And and I, I'm sitting here thinking about it now and I'm realizing like our listeners don't know what the hell time of day it is. They have no, no earthly I, idea. And for the listeners, it's almost 10 o'clock my time. So it should be good night, Jim. Yeah, it, it really should be. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So we got a lot. We got lots to cover tonight. Actually, it probably will be a shortened episode, but there's going to be a lot of crap in this episode. Um this is our first episode post-Christmas. Jim and I both kind of took a sabbatical. I got some episodes up. I, I think I got one episode up in the break, and I, I'd hope to get more, and I'm running a little bit behind, but I'm actually, my time is clearing up, so I should be able to get a couple more out in the next few days. And the ability to edit these is actually, uh, since we started moving everything over to OBS, it's been a, a little bit more frequent. But um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to start us off with what's new tonight, and... Um, before I do that, you encourage anybody who's listening to the show, if you like what you hear, follow, subscribe, whatever, on whatever platform you're on. Of course, the show's on YouTube and it's on pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. We actually had a banner month in November. Um, and I think I may have mentioned that in the last episode. And I wanted to thank everybody that uh, made it, that happen because um, ratings have not been great. I mean, the pandemic has really just put a awful connotation on uh, the podcasting industry um yeah and so that's that's it's its own thing but anyway um yeah so let's let's flip over to what's new let me get let me uh, move the indicator here from the intro stuff into the what's new Ooh, i've got like three on now what the hell am i doing uh this is bad this is bad hey, I, I should be fired for this okay now we're on what's new <laughs> Fire me. Fire me. Um, I'm a terrible producer. Um, I, I'm only producer so that I don't have to be editor. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Does that make sense? No. Man. Because you edit everything. I've got a lot of what's new, so I'll, I'll kick us off. Um, I have a what's new. It's I've, hanging behind me. We'll, we'll mention it here. An, an, intense, an intense. I see something over there. I have an intense amount of what's new. Um my wife went all out Christmas. I got all kinds of stuff. I got a guitar cradle for working on my uh, PRS. I got, um, I'm looking at two fancy Levi, uh, Levy's uh, padded straps here, which I'd never used those before. I will never use anything else other than a padded strap again. Uh, they're the, yeah, like, the they're three great. and a half inch or four inch wide ones. And like my PRS is already light enough anyway. So I put that thing and I was like, whoa, <laughs> like this is great. Um, but uh, I got that. Now, be, things aside from Christmas, I got pedals for Christmas. Okay, I got a couple of pedals. Actually, they're on a board that's right here, convenient where I can grab it. Because um, I took them to Open Jam this week. I got this guy, which is the um, <clears throat> it's the Jam Pedals Eureka Fuzz, and I should be able to remember oh, nice. that. But it says Eureka. Eureka. On the and then this is the Nobles ODR One that everybody's pissed off Ooh. because they got that on the stupid deal of the day and they didn't get theirs yet. I got mine before Christmas, folks. Um, oh, nice. So 
That was the stupid deal of the day. Yeah, it was oh, like God. it was like fifty bucks. Oh no! Mm-hmm. For the mini, yep. Oh and it, man, and it is good. It is real good. Um, as you know, as you may have noticed, the BB preamp is not on that board right now. So oh, that should be saying something to you. Um, over here in the back, you can see I'm running out of space to store pedals now. I have more pedals than I know what to do with, um, and I am probably going to slow down on purchasing pedals going into the new year because I just don't have space to store them. I got to figure this out. This is a problem I have. Um, so none of this stuff is new. This is all stuff that actually got pulled off of my big board. Um, in right over here, leaning up against the couch is my big board, which is currently being worked on. It's actually laying on the couch because I sit on the couch and flip it over and I got all my cables and stuff over there. And um, so I can sit in a chair that's not my work chair to get uh, to get work done. And so just to give everybody a rundown, because I think we talked about this last episode, I'd order all the pieces. Now I'm starting to make everything work. I've actually had the board completely together more than once and then taken it apart and move things around. And I'm just trying to get everything solidified. Um, so I'm using I have a complete switching rig now. It's all MIDI controlled. I have the. um Morningstar MC6, which is their six-button MIDI controller. I have the yep. ML5, which is their five-button or their five-five-channel uh, loop switcher. Which so mm-hmm. all of my pedals are in the are in that. Okay, I actually have one spare pedal slot on there, which is yeah. At some point, I'm gonna be patching a pedal in there. Okay, I know that. Um, the uh, like so basically and i got the hx stomp on the board so it's all midi everything talks one another i have the sir micro midi controller for switching my amp which by the way there are very few of those in existence right now i i think mine is like 101 serial number or something really yeah and there aren't very many of them because they've been sold out for a long time so i don't know if they're not making it anymore or if this is a something that came out during the pandemic and they're having problems getting parts but i have one of the few ones in existence because i bought mine used and the guy told me he bought it at the dealer um he bought it at his sir dealer when he bought a bella and he has since sold the bella and has now sold the the micro midi controller to me so anyway that's all that's all fine and good the way that all works is in different channels i think we talked about that in the last episode that all works perfectly i've got it all i've got it all sorted out and uh i can program you know but i can actually program without my computer which is pretty wild I, i didn't anticipate that um but i got some other midi pedals that i added to the loop switcher in the interim so before i was running a rat into my um, golden boy I'm no longer running a rat because I got the uh, in the, the boxes up there so I can't show you I got the Jackson audio wasabi distortion so I'm running two Jackson audio pedals both MIDI into the MC6 so I can now change let me give you an idea of what you could do with those so the wasabi if you're not if you're not savvy to the wasabi is um, I forgot uh, Mateo uh, Asato's uh, signature distortion. If you're not familiar with Matteo Sassato, he's a modern guitar player, okay? And he's got a lot of different gigs that he does, and he's, he's uh, big on YouTube. Really good player. But anyway, um, his distortion pedal has a drive on one side and a distortion on the other. And this thing is a modular distortion circuit, so you can swap it out and put a rat in there. They have That's the only other module they have available right now is a rat. 
I don't have the wrap module. I'm using the stock module, which uh, my to my ears is a modified governor circuit. Okay. And uh, there's actually a governor mode on this because if you remember um, the way that the uh, these pedals work is they have two modes. So the drive side and then the distortion side. And then when you hold the buttons down, they take you into the clipping modes for the pedals. So there are four distinct clipping modes for each side. Now on the drive side, you get like a tube screamer clipping, you get a king of tone clipping, you get, um, there's a, there's a, a one that's specific to this unit. And then there's like a Timmy. Oh no, it's a TS-808 and a Timmy. Okay. Those are the four. Uh, no, I said tube screamer, right? It says tube screamer, king of tone, yep. Timmy, and something Timmy. else. And it's not a climb. <laughs> it's something else. I forget what it is. Um, but it's just it's got four distinct drive modes and the drives alone are really, really good. And I've been using it just as a drive pedal. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, why are people buying this stuff? Um, the distortion side. Well, maybe they are buying. Maybe this is a really popular pedal. I just don't know it. Um, the distortion side of it is <laughs> it's got four clipping modes as well. Uh, it has a governor mode. It has like a, it has a, what they call a TSA to weight clipping. So like a smoother distortion sound. And then it has um, um, the purple mode, which is like the roughest, most complex sound. And it has the blue mode. And I forget exactly what that's supposed to be, but basically they're very, very different. Uh, they're even different gain levels. So when you gauge them, like the way that the circuit, you know, if you've, you've ever done clipping mods to a circuit before, you know, it changes the, the output level of the pedal significantly. Um, that's not how this works. So the circuit has been worked out prior so that they're all equal level when you, when you switch, but you can hear the harmonic differences and the gain differences. And like, that's part of what, what different, cause when I, when I pulled out of the box and I, whatever the guy, cause I bought it used, whatever the guy had had it set to before was like way too much gain. It sounded great, but it was more gain than I'm comfortable with using now because I want to be articulate. So I start playing around, dialing things in. Um, and I realized this pedal is really articulate, even with the gain, like on stupid. Okay. Um, but I found the governor mode, which was like half the game. And then of course, like all the other Jackson audio pedals, if you hold both or if you touch both foot switches at the same time, it, uh, does gain stepping. So like, if you're on 100, it'll go down to 25, then it'll go to 50, 75, and then 100% gain, wherever the knob is set. So I set the knob at like halfway or, or nine o'clock and I can step down to like no gain, um, which is kind of cool. And that's all MIDI controllable. So all of these features I've just discussed, like the different clipping modes, um, on off, and the gain staging, the gain stepping functionality is all MIDI controlled. So via my MC6, I can pair this up with the Golden Boy and I can actually have the Golden Boy delivering more drive to the Asado or the Asabi, not the Asabo, the Asado. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then I can have the, I can have, or I can have the Asabi just being an overdrive and push it with the, the King of Tone to get like an overdriven Tube Screamer sound or an overdriven King of Tone sound because now I have a King of Tone uh, clipping mode that I can couple with the golden boy, which is essentially a blues breaker circuit. Um, and so I know everybody was buying the, the Wampler, uh, do the new Wampler dual overdrive for what it's called. 
um, which is basically a king of tone with a, with you know an active low, low control. Well, guess what? I got active three band tone controls and a presence control, um, plus boosts and all kinds of other nonsense. Uh, now my my kit over here cost me about four hundred bucks, which is obviously more expensive than the Wampler equivalent. But yep. you know, I got all the same features. I actually got more features. I got features I'll probably never use, um, which I say that. And then I was sitting over there the other day and I'm like, I don't really need the Asabi as a distortion right now. Like I can just run King of Tone into the Tube Screamer side and like it gets real smooth and sounds good. Um, so th those are two of the pedals that are on there. And then I also have the FZ1W. FZ2W? FZ1W. It's FZ1, I think. Um, FZ1. Yeah, because I keep going back and forth, and I know I'm going to have to – I have to put a retraction. I know last episode I kept calling the FC2W. It's FC1W. Um, I, that's that's my fuzz on that board. That that feeds the golden boy, and then before that I have uh, I have my Univibe, um, which is the one that comes from Croatia. I forgot what the name of it is offhand. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I took uh, this pedal board to the last open jam, the, the one I held mm -hmm. up at the beginning of the segment. And uh, the, one of the other guitar players used my board. I let him use my board. Um, he's a friend. And uh, he's he, he hit the, the uh, Univibe because the pedals are all close together. If you didn't see, I have six pedals on that board. Everything is really close together. Um, and he hits the Univibe on and he goes, uh, he goes, whoa. Like I could see him visibly do it while he was on stage. And then he was like hunting me down all night. Like, what's that Univibe you're using? And it was the it's the JHS Unicorn. And the funny part is he's used my board and used the Univibe that is on my big board right now. And I think he and I are both kind of in agreement that the that the Unicorn might actually sound better than the really expensive boutique Univibe. Because yeah, it's crazy. Right? Because it integrates with my rig better. Um and it, it it like modern guitar amp, so so this is something I've kind of learned the hard way. Um impedance for modern guitar amps is different than like older guitar amps which is why you yep. used to have like bright switches on everything or like bright caps because a lot of times like older amps would be expecting an input impedance of like 220 oh or 220k or whatever and now that you know now yep. they're all basically universally one mag um but it's funny because that has a big part to play i think in why the unicorn works because it's been updated to work with modern gear um, whereas like a traditional true Univibe circuit may not work that well with, uh, modern gear because the output impedance may not really work very well with, you know, what an amp is expecting to see. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I know all the electrical theory there, but just know that you can see a palpable difference. Even if the circuit is basically the same, if there's an output buffer or whatever running into your amp, you'll notice that kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, you got what's news, and I, I kind of I'm I'm kind of in the dark on Jim's what's news. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I forgot to mention it. The truth of the matter is, I haven't decided whether or not I want to keep it around. So, um, and I got it in, and I left for over a week, almost mm -hmm. ten days. So I got home, and it wasn't like it was new anymore, which is bad because I was like, well, I didn't get a chance to play it before I left. I had a gig right before I left, and I had a gig when I came back. And uh, so I had too much stuff going on to, to mess with it. 
um, a lot of people are, are like, well, you had a gig, you know, blah, blah, blah. You could have taken it down. No, I haven't even taken plastic off it. So there it is. I got a um, classic vibe 72 thin line um, or 70s thin line, they call them. Do so you I'm actually a, like this one? I don't know. Um, truth of the matter is, if I keep it, the first thing that's going to happen is all the all the finish on the back of the neck is coming off. Um, that's not will, a surprise. That's not a surprise. No. Now the rest of it, it's okay. It's it. I made sure it worked. That was the first thing. <laughs> I was going to actually keep it for forty five days and go. Oh shit! It doesn't work. Does it sound good? Does it sound good? Sounds good. Um, I'm surprised by how good the wide range Squire pickups are. Um, because I was expecting them to be either muddy or microphonic. No, um, they're not. And Squire pickups are not going to be microphonic these days. And no way. Neither one. They were. They were not muddy, and they were not microphonic. Uh, they actually have a nice uh, uh, twang, but not a not an ear piercing. You know that ear splitting thing. That well, I you just, know, if you want an upgrade, you know who to call. I mean, he he yeah, he, oh, yeah, he like, does a, a killer set of wide that range. I would call and, Exactly. And get real um, good pickups for it. I do like, you know, because so many times they've gone to the four control thing and I don't want the four controls. And I wanted I wanted it to be a standard 72 style thin line. It is light. Um, it does feel good. It, it The guitar itself is nice. I'll probably just like everything else, I'll probably change the tuners or whatever. But um, and I'll put strap locks on it. Um, but uh overall it's a really it's a really good guitar i'm getting used to the block inlays it's got those fender jazz guitar um, bass block inlays on it and they're black um with the white and yeah, the, the, black, pa the so painted on very, ones yeah yeah very very cool yeah they'll probably wear right off um i mean ev eventually eventually inlays. eventually yeah. but those last They'll a long time. It. I know a guy that's got a got a bass with those on it, and they're he plays that bass. Oh, yeah. It's his only bass, basically. It's not his yeah. only bass, but it's his primary, and they, he doesn't have anywhere. <laughs> I'm just yep. like that's nuts. Um, <clears throat> but that's not a 2022 thing. That's 2021. That's the end of 2021. I bought it for myself for Christmas. I may or may not keep it. Like I said, so I haven't really made a big deal out of it, and haven't really said much about it because if I don't keep it, I'll keep it. Um, uh, it was, it was a, a very like, yeah, I saw it went on sale. What happened was it went 20 plus percent off. And so it went to two years ago or three years ago pricing. Yeah. It's really all it did. It went to the normal price a couple of years right, ago. Right. And so I was like, if I'm going to get one, 400 bucks is a lot better than 600. So sure. Sure. Whatever. It yeah, it was four hundred versus six hundred. I was like, "Yeah, it's probably a good idea." So I did it. Go hey, so, um, four hundred versus five fifty, something like that. What? What? Did you do anything else for Christmas, or like, did you? I mean, did you get anything else, or like, uh, you bought any any um, other gear? Or like, to be honest with you, I did set up some of my son's guitars. Um, I brought him. I hadn't taken that red strat that's been in the case for months, six seven months. And so I had to take it out and, you know, that thing is still a case queen. That thing is awesome. Um, that red strap, uh, it's a regular old 2008, um, standard strap from Mexico, made in Mexico standard strap before they went to the player series or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, I, um, bought him some stuff, you know, some setup gear 
showed him how to use it. I'm sure that he'll still leave his guitars until I come there. His guitar had the same, his acoustic had the same strings on it. That's what I put on there over a year ago. So I was like, yeah, you know what? These strings are dead. Yeah. They literally had, they literally had those dings in them from when you play them too much. You start to wear the Jim, s- I get that almost instantly on my acoustics because I'm that heavy handed. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, I, this is a fresh set of uh, string, my acoustics hanging here. You guys can't see it's out, out of frame, but yeah, I put, um, fresh set of Daddario coateds on there and um, yeah they last like a day before I can see where the G is like there's a divot in it because I've been bending um, oh yeah I, I didn't do anything else new um, oh wait I did I lie it's not really a, it, okay I'm gonna show it to you so I bought the nut file set right mm. from music nomad but they came in just a box with the so nut you bought files. The ca- you bought the case. Okay. So they finally came out with the case. Now when you buy the set, it costs a little more money. All they did was add the case. Why do they bucks. sell it without the case? Because they had come out with a file set, but not the case. So I, I, I so, have the full. So Music Nomad makes good stuff. Like this is a Music Nomad product. But but I'm going to be honest with you. Like Music Nomad, your prices are expensive. And we know you're getting this stuff in China for like next to nothing. Um, which is why I'm like, come on guys. But I had this whole file kit, but I just had little plastic sleeves to stick them in. And so now they're in order from smallest to biggest. And, uh, so from 0.010 to 130. So I can do bases up to a six string base. If I look uh, just interested, it's because I'm opening my music nomad product as we speak. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, but it's nice. It's got the Music Nomad thing on here. It's kind of, I don't know if it shows that way, but it's gold. It's got a gold look. So, it's really nice. And it was only 20 bucks. And I said, that thing is great. I have one right here. <laughs> and I have, I, I have, whoops. That shows you that I didn't pick up my cup this afternoon. I have my, uh, like, hit right here. What's right there? Another one of those string cradles. Another one of those string cradles. Or neck I cradle. Have, yeah, I have. And if you flip them over, you can put your tools in it. It's got a divider for putting your tools in. And what's funny is every other piece of music nomad gear I got, yeah, has a case. The case, except See? for the nut files. Yeah, this one. You know, and for some reason, a two hundred and thirty dollars set of nut files or two hundred twenty dollars set of nut files didn't have uh, a case. This all these have the cases. It came with the cases and they're and I bought all the things, you know, that that do all the the, uh, stuff. So um, it's just funny that this I bring this bag to every gig. This has uh, and it's mostly new music, no bad stuff See that. Yeah, music yeah. nomad. Those were all new music nomad and um, batteries that are not music nomad. Um, but I have uh, my wire cutters, music nomad. Uh, this, even this, this is a great little tool, right? Yeah, here. I have, I have those. Yeah, I. It's actually back here behind me somewhere. I and use the that, new that all the time. This stuff comes in great and handy. You know, there's a couple of things that aren't music nomad in here that are standard, like. 
I have, I have, um, like I use these. I use flush cutters instead of their string clipper. Yep. Because their string clipper is a flat to, one, you know. Yeah, to clean stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have brushes so I have, too, but I also have the Music Nomad brush, and that goes in the gig yep. bag with me. Um, yep. I have the Music Nomad brush. I have the Music Nomad uh, fret um, oil. I have. There's a Music Nomad. Uh, there's two. I have two of them. I mean. I can't tell you how much Music Nomad has made off me. They're, uh, I've met their reps. They're pretty good people. You should reach out to them and let them know that we have a podcast. Because uh, yeah, I, 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 I have a feeling they would love to sponsor us. <laughs> really? Because I, I, I got to be honest with you. I use almost everything as Music Nomad. I have I have two of these. Send right them a picture of your entire kit and be like, hey, guys, we do a podcast. You guys want to, uh, <laughs> you guys want to sponsor us? Yeah, I have I have Music one of those. Nomad. Yeah, I have one of those too. I have two of them right here. One that one that this one travels with me. Yeah, and the other one stays. And then the other one stays here. So this one's all beat up and but I, I gotta tell you, it, it takes a licking and keeps that ticking. Mine's actually under the um, desk. I I bring it out only when I'm working on my guitars. I have to, because yeah. I live in a condo situation, all my guitar work happens on the same place where my keyboard is. So I push my keyboard yeah. back, put the guitar and on top of it. I, I start a YouTube video. I'll start like a long form video of yeah. some kind. Um, and I'll pick the keyboard up. I move it forward and I lay out the thing right over my my. I have one of those really long gaming um, right. ma- mouse pads. Uh-huh. And then I just lay the Music Mad thing over it. And put the, basically what the Music Nomad thing is, is like a big giant yeah. rubberized mouse pad. Um, yeah, that's. But yeah, you could literally use a mouse pad. I needed it. this because I didn't have any tilt back. I had nothing for tilt back headstocks. I actually have a neck support um, that I got from Stumac, but I don't have. So like when I'm working on Gibsons or this kind of stuff, like I didn't have anything to support the neck properly. I would always stick pillows or something under there. Um, what I like about that is you flip it over. Yeah. And, it, and it's nice little like pencil case or whatever. You can but, leave it on your desk with tools in it so that when you're right. ready, you can and flip it over. And then you just pour your tools out, go to town and then put everything back in it kind of keeps everything neat i mean if you're that kind of person i've got a sloppy desk mine sits in the bag i've got another one up here I've jim got... i was late for the episode because i was cleaning my desk off sloppy does not begin to describe what my desk looks like on a day-to-day basis it's but I, I am so embarrassed by my desk right now i would not turn my camera down to look at it let's just say there's there's a pile of guitar cases and boxes right here because remember i said i think i said on the last episode about getting the um uh the the bixby thing which i'm just starting to get a handle on remember i went away really i kind of hit pause and left and came back i mean i've only been back a couple days yeah yeah. so the reality of the matter is I'm I'm sitting here like looking at my gear going and it literally minutes before I left, my freaking ceiling fan died and the and the light went out. I told you what happened. Mm. I'm not going to tell the audience what happened. And so I had to fix that <laughs> when I got back. So I, w- I didn't have any lights in here. I had to use my studio lighting to light the room to to do the work. Um, and. Um, you know, I got some Funko Pops. I got the entire Duran Duran set of Funko Good Pops. God. I, I finally got Rick Allen to go with all my, uh, that's, But that's, you're talking um, about selling stuff to get an amp, Jim. Up there. Well, you're we're buying talking Funko about, Pops. Next, right? What are you doing? Got, well, no, my, my daughter gave these all to me. Okay. So, okay. Um, she got me Rick Allen for my, my, um, uh, Def Leppard set. Cause Def Leppard, that's who's missing from that Def Leppard set up there. You didn't get Devo um, yet. 
Oh, and I got this one. Hold on, this one's cool. I got Devo. I got the, this one's cool as the Devo Funko Pop. I got this one. And it is the only oh, one God. that's got Jason Newstead in it. No other ones have. That's the only way to get Jason Newstead. I don't know if you can see him in there. How do I get Cliff? Yeah. That they don't have a Cliff Burton one. They do. <laughs> me too. That's what's funny, right? Why would I want Jason Newstead? I want Cliff. Like what the fuck? Well, yeah, Jason's I'm not even a Metallica here. fan, but I even I know you'd rather have Cliff. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's that's what's funny. But this, I mean, it's the album. This was a Walmart exclusive. Did you hear that? This is huge. Have you heard the recent headline though? So I've been seeing this go Would around. You, uh, so we're talking about Metallica for a second. That Lars is like saying oh. that Jason Newstead was the sacrificial lamb that allowed Metallica to survive. Yep. Wow. You're a pretentious piece of shit. Uh, let's oh. just move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, by the way, I, want to, I just want to say something for everybody who reached out to me and pitched a fit about our conversation about Neil Young uh, a couple weeks ago. I got to say, I've heard a lot of other people tell me right on, man, right on, because Neil Young sucks. And, you yes. know, and you know what? I'm hey, that wasn't just for the show. I don't like Neil Young. I think he's a pretentious asshole. And uh, you can read all about him and his behavior, especially with Crosby, Stills and Nash and like the shenanigans and the shitstorm of of just what are you doing? Oh, yeah. Dude? When he was with Buffalo Springfield. And yeah, Crosby, like, Nash, well, yeah well, they go out and they, they go out on the road together and then they would like they get he would just leave. He would just be like, yeah. fuck it. I'm done. Throw yep. in the towel in the middle of a tour. Like what a piece yep. of crap. Yeah, uh, and uh not, not you know, to, they, I, I don't care if you can't get along with the other band members, but you sell tickets. And so, in my opinion, you're being an asshole to your fans. That's right. That's right. I, I was never. You could take Cinnamon Girl and and stuff that song right up your ass. Oh, it's so the greatest like, buzz sound ever. It's the greatest buzz sound ever. Hate. Hate. Alexa, it. shut up. <laughs> I don't. I don't just dislike that song. I effing hate that song. And there's a good friend of mine, I, and he listens to podcasts. So I'm just gonna say, you know, I I sing it with him because he loves it, and I play it with him because he's my best friend. If I, he wasn't my best friend, uh, one of my best friends. If he wasn't a very great friend, and if he wasn't who he is, and and the the relationship I had with him, I would never we all play songs we don't like. You know what? That's another whole like topic for another day. We all play yeah. songs we don't like. It's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have done that more in the last two years than I've ever done in my entire playing career. Um, yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, we got to switch topics because because we're 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 yeah. burning up the charts yeah, on this one. Time. Um, Let's go. So. Next topic, Jim, I already sort of alluded to this. Because you were talking about your Funko Pops. Um, Plus, like, speaking of drummers, I got uh, I got the Catman too for my Kiss collection. Oh, okay. So had to get it. Should Jim get a Plexi? Yes, it's a good question. Uh, so you've been you've been eyeing. <laughs> you, all right, big revelation. Jim ordered a uh, a while back. Ordered a, a California oh, well. tweet. Okay, from from, from Sweetwater. 
from Sweetwater. That's not a specialized color. You bought white. That's that right. is the color that comes in. Um, oh, okay. So no big deal there. But um, so they have one at Jim's local guitar center, which I'm not going to turn this into an anti Mesa Boogie thing. Um, right. I, yeah, you can see I like Mesa Boogie, right? Like I like their That's product, slightly. but but the the shenanigans that have gone on with that company in the last nine months have been. Yeah they're getting to the point where it's starting to irritate me and I'm actually looking elsewhere. If I buy another amp, it's probably not going to be a Mace Boogie. Um, and I'll, I'll be completely honest about the, the, the shenanigans that I'm referring to specifically. So like what happened was basically there, there are dealers that they literally cannot get Mesa Boogie product right now. And right. Uh, they have been unable to get it since March. And so uh, Guitar Center back in, I think it was September, got their Mesa Boogie deal. And by October, they were fully stocked with Mesa Boogie and dealers are going without. And I think it's a shitty situation to be in because that deal, to, to everybody's knowledge, did not happen until September. It was not finalized until September. And they somehow got in front of everybody else. And that's not the way that Mesa Boogie had ever run their company before. So we all know it's Gibson at this point. That that's that that's basically the driving force behind that, uh, you know, got guitar centers got to get their their stock because we're already in bed with them. Um, so anyway, long story short, I know somebody who's been waiting on a Mesa Boogie for over a year and they're sitting there going, what the fuck? How's Guitar Center getting stuff before I am? And I'm going, I don't know. And then the other thing is like the the big box retailers are just being really disingenuous with people and they're telling people, yo, you can order a Mesa Boogie. No, you can't. They haven't been taking orders since March. What are you taking an order for? Like, you, you, are you high? Like, you know, how's that, how does that work? So I don't know what your situation with, with your order is. It's probably a stock order, in which case they probably actually already have one coming in. And uh, so that's how you were able to get an order through. But like... It's just, it's a crapshoot. So anyway, this this thing shows up at, at Jim's Guitar Center, and I said, you can buy it. And Jim's kind of, Jim's gonna, Jim and I have gone back and forth on this a couple of times, so we don't know if Jim's going to buy it or not. But um, it, I, it, tonight, one of the one of the question commentaries, he goes, well, I want to be able to do that edge of breakup sound. And I said, then don't buy the California Tweed. And I, honestly, like, I still stick by that. I think the California Tweed is the Neil Young amp. Okay, it's for the guy that wants to sit in his living room and have his have his distortion cranked all the way all the way up like an old 50s deluxe, just falling apart kind of sound. Um, not to say that you can't make that sound good and or that anyone can't make that sound good. I think I think those amps do have a special place in, in a lot of people's hearts. And I think that for a living room amp or like an amp that you're going to play clean, they actually sound really, really good. Um, but I think that. As you drive them, the bass on those amps just kind of falls apart and it becomes more like a fuzz. And uh, as you know, as we talked about with Neil Young, uh, if you want to hear what that sounds like, you can just listen to any Neil Young performance where he's playing all along the watchtower and it just sounds like the amp is dying. Um, so uh, when I asked you, I said, what sounds are you after? Like, what do you want to emulate? And you were kind of saying, well, you know, I was looking at the Mark V 35 as well. And you play them both. I still think you should go play them both. And I think you should get like, you should spend some real time with both of them. 20, 20 minutes is not going to be enough, especially with the Mark V 35. And I can tell you, you're going to have trouble dialing, dialing the 35 in. I can give you some tips on how to do that. But um, the, the takeaway from that 
and and make a decision if if that's the right amp for you. But realistically, what you told me was, well, I want tones like you know, Jim. Go ahead. I mean, this yeah, is the like thing. like old Foreigner, um, Journey, uh, that that old Plexies. Old- <laughs> Uh, yeah, sticks. Um, you know that that. Well, sticks may not be plexies, mm-hmm. but but basically that genre of amplifier in that in that right. vein. Maybe even mm-hmm. uh, I, so. If you're thinking, so I think part of the part of the the disjoint here is when people hear the words tweed, they immediately think tweed basement. And right. the tweed basement is quite a bit different than than like a tweed deluxe. Yep. Um, the tweed basement is more like, um. Gosh, I really want to. I'm trying to paint this in a in a better light, but it's kind of like a crappier version of a plexi. And I know right. people are. I, I believe me. I know when I said that, people are like, "Dude, that's insolence, insolence." No, I, listen. What I mean is that like it doesn't hold hold together as well as right. a plexi does because plexis are generally louder. Um, you're talking about what with the real basement is what like 50 watts. I think a plexi is 100. Um, they have yep. more headroom, but also they're using different tubes, which tend to stay a little bit more focused instead of yep. broad. Um, basement generally have a bigger low end than a plexi will. Um, yeah. And and a lot of that has to do with cabinet. It has to do with other things. But um, I'm kind of I, I, I the reason why I wanted to have this conversation on the show is like I hunted plexis for years. OK, so I that that was the thing I wanted because everybody I loved growing up, you know, Jimmy Page and uh, Jimi yep. Hendrix and all these different cats that, that I grew up listening to were like plexi, 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 plexi. It's all you would see with them on stage. And of course, as, as an adult, now I realize that many of these guys were not using plexis primarily. They were using all kinds of other amps, yep. uh, Supros and like, you know, uh, but um the plexi thing was something I hunted and I, and I played several of the reissues, different versions of it. Cause I know the handwired has undergone revisions as it's been in existence. Uh, that's the 1969 SLP handwired, I believe. Um, and of course now they just came out with the four input studio, which is basically a plexi. Um, and I could tell you there are a couple of, there's a couple of plexi amps that I would recommend that if you're going to buy them, don't buy the handwired. Go buy the Ingve Malmsteen Marshall. Um, I, I people are like, are you crazy? I know people who've owned one and owned the handwired plexi. Uh, there's a guy that actually uh, plays at. Um, uh, I forget what his name is off. He's on my Facebook. Uh, he plays at um, Mugs Open Mic in Addison, which is a place I've gone a couple times. That's where I ran into him, and he's got a DSL fifty or DSL forty C that he plays right now. But he said my amp before that was. Uh, the Ingve model. And he said, before that I had the 1959 SLP and he, he actually is, keeps getting smaller because he's like, they're too big. They're too, they're too loud. He's like the, the Ingve was amazing, but he said, it's just way too loud to use in any re- reasonable. Yeah. Value. Well, that's just it. I have to also think about my, my volume settings. And even if I, you know, and am I really, that's the other side of it. Am I really, cause Look, I, I've been using the the uh, uh, Kemper religiously. Okay, everything live has been the Kemper, with the exception of one, two, one where I went to an open mic and used their backline, so I didn't care. Right. I don't know if that counts. And once where I was like, 
I know that the the stage volume is going to be incredible. I need. I took my twin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like, do I really need it? And that's that's really why I got to be careful and not pull the trigger just because it's there, and um, and not pull the trigger just because I'm thinking I want something because I've made that mistake. You've seen me make that mistake in the past, and then if I make that mistake. It's just like the other thing we'll talk about later. Um, do I really want that? Do I really want to pull the trigger on it? Because I I turned down the Q52 came in. I turned it down. I told them to keep it. I'm really? sure they had no problem selling it a second. Really? I didn't know that they I didn't know they'd shipped any of them out yet because I know somebody's waiting on one. Yeah, I, I turned mine down. Um, it was there. It was set up. It was ready for me to go. And I said, no, thanks. I can't. I can't. Because... I just I thought about it and I was like, yep, it's going to be super light. Yep, it's going to be all those things. Jim, you don't need that guitar anyway. When you ordered it, I was like, that was the dumbest purchase for you to make because it just doesn't fit aesthetically with anything you do. Um, The kind of bands you play in, if you brought that thing out, it's going to look weird. I'm not saying and I'm not saying that in like, oh, people should should do that. But I'm like, you're in situations now where the stage look is important. So right in, in the stage look is look, people love my three thirty five. People love my gold top. People love my lows. They call. like classic designs, and that's not right. a classic design yet. Yep. Twenty years from now, it's it might not. be a Steinberger. Right. Even now, thirty years on, is not a classic nope. design. Yep. So that's just you know. Food and that's for why I I said you know what. I told him I said look, it's not fiscally fiscally responsible for me to buy it right now. I apologize. I, I can't. I can't accept it. Okay. And so I didn't pay for it. Now we'll talk about something else later. But um, I, I and I wonder if maybe it's just because here's what might have happened to me. And this is why. So I have a. Um, I have a condition. It's a real condition, folks. If I don't see or hear something, it doesn't exist. So um, I have to have like. People will come into my house to go, well, why is everything on top of your counters? You have all this cabinet yeah, space. Yeah, because he has to, because he forgets if he does, if something's put away. And that actually is a real condition. Right, <laughs> and it's a very real condition. My mother has to write lists on stuff and put it on stuff so that she knows this is the cabinet that has these things. Because if she doesn't do that, or at least Glass open the cabinet. Glass cabinet and, doors, Jim. Glass cabinet doors. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the, and I tried that. So the glass cabinet door, which is still a good idea. I have to literally open the door and look through. I have six bottles of ketchup. Okay. <laughs> I, I went to the store and I said to my son, I go, do we have ketchup? He goes, I don't know. And I go, okay. No, well, I'm not going to screw then, around with it. I'm buying another one. <laughs> two weeks later. And I barely ever use ketchup. This is the truth. The truth is I might use ketchup once every six or eight months. <laughs> so I'm at the store two weeks later. I go, do I need ketchup? And, Kyle, and I, and I bought it in the two pack at, at Sam's club. Right. So it's like the two. Yeah. So he's got, he's got like four of those now. <laughs> so I have two. Yeah. Two of the four packs plus one of the four packs that are, sorry, that, that, is separated from its brother or whatever and that one is sitting in a fridge how does this so relate have, how does this relate to guitar again okay so th- yeah so the marshall sits here i haven't played through it in how long have i had the kemper yeah but that's because you're using the kemper right and so i'm it's like it's gonna happen anyway it, yeah and so i'm like i should be using my marshall let me and um, so 
I went to the rehearsal space and I grabbed my pedal board and the guy goes, you're not leaving a band, are you? That's the whole conversation. And I go, no, I just, I want my pedal board to plug into my Marshall to fire it up because I want to play loud. Want to play loud. <laughs> I need my ears to be freaking ringing when I get to Okay, okay. So um, we were having a conversation before the, before the show when, when uh, we started talking about what time we're going to get together. And I sent Jim a uh, screenshot from the 60 Cycle Hum Group. Um, yep. So this is sort of their content, but we'll talk about it anyway. And uh, yeah. this is this has been a pet peeve of mine for years. Oh, yeah, that kind of works for this. So, yep. yeah. So we're going to talk about this briefly because um, it kind of fits into this. So somebody says, um, has anyone downgraded from a nice amp to something like the Katana and not regretted it? I'm a home hobbyist who stumbled into a nice boutique amp for a decent price, but do- doesn't realistically use it to its full potential. If I sold it, I could make $1,300 or so and pick up a Katana or use Blues Junior thoughts. Jim, um, so so aside from the obvious, which is you idiot, if you, I, I, meaning this person that posted this, if you sell your Katana, or you sell your your boutique amp to buy right. a katana. You're not you're getting you're not getting your usage out of it. Okay, the, the, this whole idea. Now I'm fully, freely willing to admit that a thousand dollar amp is a luxury amp, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I but but if you think you're not getting your use out of, what do you mean? I, I'm not pushing it too loud enough. You're gonna buy a katana. Yeah. You're not gonna use that loud enough either. So no. what difference does it make? That's a, that's a, this is a straw man argument. This is called, I have $1,300 sitting over there and it's freaking me out because I don't gig it. So therefore, I want to get rid of it so I can take that $1,300 and roll it into other crap I'm not going to use playing out. It, it, it's a straw man argument. This is silly. Now, Jim, in your case, you have a similar argument here where you're saying, I've got this amp that I'm not using and I'd like to get something I am going to use, but you're not going to use it because you're going to be playing the Kemper out. That's so what exactly difference does it make? Right. So what difference that's does it exactly make? exactly right. You're right. And you're right. And that's why I said, I, it, it, you and I had this conversation. That, that That's why I love, we're kind of rehashing this conversation here. When when we were talking, and that's that's why it's good to bounce these things against a friend. Yeah, this not a is bunch of counseling. Not a bunch of assholes <laughs> on the internet. You need, you need you some something. gear counselors. You need some people that are going right. to tell you, hey, keep it real. <laughs> Don't, right. Don't buy... Here's the here's the funny thing. If I had David when I made all these dumb decisions four years <laughs> you ago, you had me for plenty of right dumb decisions for, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and I made some dumb ones and didn't listen to advice. Let's face it. So here's the here's the the, the key factor though is this: I I love this Marshall amp. Right, I've said that in the past. I love this Marshall amp. Have you profiled I, it? No, and that's just it. I need to profile it. I also. I also enjoy my Kemper and I enjoy my twin. Why would I, the only guitar amp I have right now that I don't love and it's, and it's because of me, not it. It is what I do, not what it does. Right. It does right. It does right. Well, but what I want to do, it does not do. And that's the, the, the Fender, um, blues junior. It is not, yeah, uh, let let me let me help you. I'm going to I'm going to yeah. solve all your gear problems right now. You're going to sell yeah. the, the Blues the Blue Junior. Junior. You're going to sell yep. the DSL. You're going to take your money and you're going to go get yourself a better Marshall than the DSL 50 or 40. You have 40 CR. Go get 40 yourself. CR. Go get the Silver Jubilee. 
the the combo, okay? <laughs> or get head and cabinet. But take that money, and if you're going to do it, stay in the same ballpark and just upgrade because you you will use it. I mean, even the, even the Silver Jubilee, you will use. Um, it's just you're not using it as much. And so take the cash and roll it into one you will use when the time comes. You're going to get yeah. an, you're going to get well, a second gig at some point where the Kemper is not going to be necessary. And then you'll have right. an amp to bring and it'll all be good. Right. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I love I, I don't mind carrying this one now. I've got the I've got the um, uh, the the torpedo for it. I mean, it's I, and, and, and this, and that that's another thing. Since you already have the torpedo, you buy another Marshall, it's still going to be 16 ohms. Right. So. I would stay in the Marshall family of products. I'd look, I take a long, hard look and see what really ticks the bases for you. Maybe yep. look at some boutique options because there are yeah. some. I don't think a Mesa, California is the answer for your, and, and that's not because I have anything against Mesa or anything like that. I don't think the Mesa, California is the right answer for the kind of music you play. I think, I don't think the the Fillmore is, and, and I own one. Um, and while I think it's one of the most versatile amps they've ever made, I don't think that's going to hit that stuff. The 35 right. might, but you have to be able to get away with that super clean, clean channel, which a lot yeah. of people can't. Well, what I'm thinking is I'm thinking I'm going to sell the sell the the, the Fender Blues Junior. Yeah, for sure. And just sell it. Yeah, well, and, well, and just sell it because it's not. Put the cash in a gear. Put the cash in a gear fund into a fund. Um, and, because I have something I might buy. My my co guitar player may sell me something. So um, well, all right, all right. So I still do think you should upgrade, but I yeah. but I'm looking at it. There's a guitar hanging behind you that I'm like, why do you still have that? The double yeah, cut. Yeah, I know and the it's double still cut. There. That's that's yeah. a silver jubilee you have hanging on your wall. Oh yeah, easily. I could easily get a silver jubilee for the Monday next. Yeah, month. I mean, and 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 that's not a slouch amp. I actually, when I bought the Fillmore, for about two days, I looked mm -hmm. at silver jubilees and like got real serious about it because I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this is an amp when I was a kid. Like, I was like, yeah, I want one really bad because even when people were like, you could find him in Guitar Center for like eight hundred bucks because yeah. nobody wanted him. The only guy that made him popular was Slash. Um, and then later, Joe Bonamassa, which is really funny because even when Slash was playing them, the prices didn't go through the roof. Joe Bonamassa starts playing them and oh my God, everybody, you couldn't find them anymore. They they disappeared overnight. And now they yeah. have the combos um, yep. and they have the heads and they have a 25 yep. watt version. And I know. It's probably, it's got to be their best selling amp right now. It has to be because uh, they do sound incredible. Uh, it's yep. not... It's kind of a JCM 800 meets Plexi thing, which is why I think that would be you're talking about Plexis. Don't buy a Plexi. Listen, I'm the first person to tell everybody in this on this podcast. If you buy a hand wired Plexi, somebody needs to slap you because that's just a terrible amp to buy for that amount of money. Um, yeah. For one thing, there are people that build accurate clones of an actual Plexi circuit that are more accurate than what you can buy from Marshall right now. Um, and don't have an insane price tag attached to them. The hand-wired Plexi is like four grand. And the cabinet's an extra thousand. I think it actually might be more. And so it's like, why would you buy that? Um, 
purists are like, it's 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 a real Marshall Plexi. Well, no, it's not because the circuit is notoriously not the same. Um, yep. Now, granted, we have to we have to recognize something. If you know your Plexis, you know, there was like 40 different models that, con- that are considered Plexis, including PA heads. So it could be a derivative like one of those or it could be the best of uh, kind of thing where they like they took things from different ones and combined them to make a better amp. But reality is it's not like buying a vintage one in any way. It's it's kind of its own unique animal. And so it's like for me, like I would go, I'm, I'm still, I still have a bit of Marshall bug in me. Um, I will go and look at things like the MVP 66 from uh, Morgan, which is not necessarily straight Marshall vibe, but it has KT 66 tubes. You can't say that about a, about a, a plexi reissue. Um, I think they did circuit boarded plexi reissues at some point too. And I, I remember those not being that great either. But um, I have heard if you want Plexis, if you really have the Plexi bug, the one to buy is the Ingve model. And it's not because Ingve's name's on it or anything like that. It's just because they did that one right. Um, you'd think that the Hendrix one would be like the, you know, the go to Plexi. If you really want that sound, Jim, I can tell you what to do. You'll have to wait a while. But if you really want that sound, buy the uh, PRS HX, the one that just came out. Buy it used when it's like peanuts because PRS amps have shit resale value. Um, they have shit new value. I see, um, I know of a PRS dealer <laughs> who, sold, who sold them like basically at a loss because they can't get rid of them. Nobody wants them. They're like the most unwanted amp on planet Earth. Um, and I don't, I have no idea why. Maybe it's because people are busy spending their $3,500 on a core model rather than an amplifier. But, um, that HX amp sounds legit. And it's, uh, it's going to be peanuts when they sell used. I'm, I, I'm actually sort of waiting for them to come on the used market because I know they're going to, they're going to be dirt cheap. <laughs> You're going to be able to get them for a thousand bucks, if not less. Yeah, so I I think that's probably it'll be a while anyway, but that's probably what I'll do because I I gotta be at honest. At minimum, do the right thing. Don't get in love with something. Go out and try as many of them as possible and put them through their paces. Like when I yeah. try an amp in the floor. Okay, so when I tell people on the show like I've tried an amp, I'm not talking about like five minutes. I didn't plug into it and like dial in the clean channel and then dial in the gain channel. No, I'm talking yeah. to spend a half hour, forty five minutes, an hour with an amplifier really put it through its paces, figure out what it can do, how loud it gets. Um, Rhett Scholl, as much as we have ragged on him on this show before, um, Rhett Scholl had did a, a show a while back talking about, um, you know, how to pick the right amplifier. And one of the things he talked about is uh, it, figuring out whether an amplifier is good or not. Is like, they're all, they all have a purpose. And so, depending on what that purpose is versus what you're going to do with it determines whether it's good for you or not. And so you sort of, you sort of need to sit down and like figure out what your approach to amplification is. Now, so you're, you're in the edge of breakup thing. There's God, you you are like the, the guy everybody wants to sell to right now and have been for maybe the last 15 years. Um, And so that that's not hard to do today, but like, I could see somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to I want to do um, Van Halen to- tones, but doesn't like the 5150 mm-hmm. having a hell of a time finding an amp now. 
um, yeah. because it's all geared towards the Sedge of Breakup thing. Um, and AC oh, thir- yeah. and you know, like it's what that's what the AC fifteen craze is. Yeah, it's, yeah, AC fifteen. <clears throat> both of them. I mean, they're they're basically yeah. both. I, well, the AC fifteen yeah, is more, more trashed and blown out, but the AC thirty yeah. is definitely more edge of breakup and matchless. Yep. Got the headroom, you know. Yep. The whole matchless, matchless thing is driven by that. I thought about that. Oh, you I don't need a matchless. JHF freaking uh, what do they call it? The more is better. You don't want that either. You don't want that either. You need to. You, you want what you find in a store that you've played through, and you're like, you know what? This ticks all the boxes that I need. Um, and and I can tell you right now, sometimes it, it's happy accidents. So like, I bought a Fillmore. Right. And everybody knows on the show kind of what a debacle it was to get that amp. It was several months late. And um, I was lucky enough to get one before they started doing the ordering freeze and all that crap. Um, I didn't think that the Fillmore was going to become my primary amp. I thought it was going to be a secondary amp and I'd still be using the Mark 525 for pretty much everything. But I got to be honest, like the Fillmore changed my perception of what my tone was. And it changed my perception of where my tone lived and how I get my sound. Um, and that part of that had to do with the fact that I bought bought the King of Tone and I realized, like, that's the overdrive sound I'm looking for. Now, yeah. remember yeah. what I said, my whole plexi fetish, like the plexi sound thing. Now things are starting to come together for our listeners, I think, at this point, because I have a king. I have the King of Tone. I have several Bluesbreaker pedals now. And I found that that actually is a more effective way for me to get the sound I want than, yeah. than going and buying a plexi. Um, and I plug it into a Fenderish clean amp, which is yeah. the Fillmore now driven to the point of edge of breakup. Um, if you want to know my settings on my Fillmore, I'm not I'm not afraid to tell people what they are. Uh, I, I my gain is at one. Um, my bass, middle, and treble. So my my bass control is typically at like eleven o'clock, uh, maybe a little less, maybe ten thirty. And then my mm-hmm. my treble control is it is it uh, one o'clock one thirty. My mid control, depending on the room is usually around noon. It can be a little less than noon, depending on the room. Um, you know, I, and, and, and it's, that's basically it. My, 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 oh, and my master control. So this is the, the secret, right? You gotta have the master up. I prefer my master at halfway or more. And, and that I run it in high power mode. So I'm yeah. getting the full the full 50 watt experience. <laughs> right. But you're also got uh, because you're running it in full full um uh 50 watt mode and this is what I got more headroom. Like you got all that headroom. Yeah. And Actually, and the funny thing is at, at 50 watts on that amp with the volume, the master at noon and the gain yeah. at like <clears throat> there's not much headroom left. It's really yeah. compressy up there. You're right there. Yeah, it's and, and it's got a little bit of grit to it if I lay into it hard. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I, there, there's at least one listener I know that also has a Fillmore and he's probably going, yeah, you know, or maybe he's going, that's not how mine works. Listen, I got different pickups. That's a big part of it. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think there's much headroom beyond noon on that amp. Uh, I have not gone super high above it. I, I have been to like one thirty two o'clock. Um, and it's at two o'clock, it starts getting dirty. So, as I said, I think I'm right there. I'm in that I'm in that ballpark most of the time. Um, but uh, but the last couple open jams, I've been running it further back. And uh, actually, 
what I found is a clean amp, put a, put a, you know, marshally kind of overdrive in front of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it works great. I don't have any problems. In fact, I get both, <clears throat> best of both worlds. I get a Marshall with a bass control that actually does something, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, if you've ever used a, if you've ever used a Plexi, yeah. you know, the bass control, like, it's just like, why the hell is he even here? <laughs> I got to laugh because Beato just put up a video a couple, uh, day ago that said uh, why you should play louder, but protect your <laughs> And I have to laugh because we've said that all along. We've said that all along. You, you really do want to louder protecting your ears. You do really want to play, and and that's that. That's the biggest problem with doing an amp hunt. Yep, you can't play them loud enough. No, because none of the stores except okay. So I went to my favorite store. Well, I was in New York. I went up to my favorite store in upstate New York, Parkway Music, and they still have the little rooms in there where you can take an amp or a guitar or both but, into a room. <laughs> And blast it. So, so here's another issue. While that is a better idea, I'm not. I'm not saying it's it's perfect, but it is better than sitting on the floor trying to fight with six kids just learning their pentatonic scales and that one guy that plays um, "Sweet Child of Mine" badly. I think that's part uh, of the reason why. I think that number two, two things. I think it's part of the reason why the mom and pop experience is preferred for people who are shopping for like really high end gear. Um, sure. And I and I think the other component there is that uh, when you use those small rooms, I think people get the tendency to think that like the EQ curve of the amp in a small room like that is going to be the same as when they're in a bigger room. And that's yeah. just not the case. Not the case. No. Um, well, you know what else shocked me? And this is a little off topic, but it's real quick is I was at Guitar Center first because we went and bought the, the little things for my son. I said, let's go up to Clifton Park. Let's let's visit the guys at Parkway. Mm-hmm. Guitar Center, the walls were bare. There was like one or yeah. two high-end guitars. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Uh-huh. They That's had, how ours is too. All three of the locations that I've been to in the last six yeah. months are, are pickling. This Guitar Center was practically bare. had nothing good, really. I mean, I shouldn't say good. They had nothing great. They had a lot of good stuff, but nothing great. Nothing that would that you would go, yeah, I want to go there. Now, I get to Parkway. They've got Rickenbacker. They've got PRS, and they've got Gibson, and they've got Fed. And we're talking about the high. They had the high end. Um, uh, um, one of the the uh, GNL. They had the everything. They had PRS from the SE to the to the four thousand dollar miles. They had everything. It looked like it looked like the store when I used to go visit it ten years ago. I mean, it was just yeah. full, and the acoustic section was full. They had the Koa Mini, they had the you know the the everybody stuff. They had pedals galore. They had everything. If you're if you're in the market for some stuff, go to Parkway. Check their website <laughs> out. Or go to that place. It's called Parkway Music. Parkwaymusic.com. I'm telling you, they got it. They've got it. If you're looking for it, they probably got amps. And every what I love about what they, the way they lay out their store is they're not like Guitar Center where they put the amps in the middle of the room. And the, you're, you have amps lined up with guitars over top of them. Right. Like, so, like they used to do. Um, right. Right. So you've got you've got, you know, amps about, you know, four feet high and then guitars hanging above that. So it's great experience. It's just a place that that just I mean, 
the guitar room in that place, which is what you first walk into, is stellar. And the people are incredible. They are they are a great group of people. You just happen just, to be in that one area of the country that does not have a decent mom and pop within like an hour drive. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have a I, we have Alpha Music, which is as barren as um, uh, Guitar Center most of the time. And they do have some high end stuff, but they cater to a certain group of people. And, well, Alpha's um, a chain, so that's a oh, whole other. Is? Yeah, I didn't even know. It. Yeah, it's an East Coast chain. Oh well, that, that, and, that explains it. Yeah, <laughs> and and, and <clears throat> so be that as it may, and we have no mom and pops except for one, and I have to travel all the way to the other side of Suffolk uh, to get to. Well, I mean, so for a lot of people, we're willing to travel. I mean, like we'll drive like an hour and a half to go to a store that especially if you live in a smaller community to go to a yeah. store that like we'll spend the whole day at because we know that like we're walking out with something. We're going up there to buy some like it's not, right, you know, right. um, it's just a different experience. Like if I want to really go and try out a bunch of guitars, I'll drive to Sweetwater. It's four hours away. It's yeah. not yeah. it's it's going to cost me a day, but at least I'm going to yeah. get what I want, you know. Um, yeah. so anyway, let's switch to the next topic. This is one that, uh, Jim and I have been predicting for quite some time. And I just really want to yeah. take the time to, uh, put a feather in my cap. It has not been officially announced yet, but I was, I was waiting it, waiting for it. Let's just say that, that the winds blew in my direction and some mm -hmm. news came my way, um, from a couple of sources actually that, um, John Mayer was going to be making a, a, a teaser announcement uh, for a PRSSE. And yep. um, <laughs> shock and surprise, that actually panned out a few minutes later after I started hearing the rumors. Yep. Um, and uh, my understanding was there was some conversation given to dealers and people associated with dealers basically saying, yo, we might have a new guitar coming out. And uh, we yep. want to let you guys know first so you don't feel like you're getting screwed. Um, yep. So in any local. Yep. And we both have people. Uh, I could, and, um, yeah, I, we do. Uh, actually, Jim was sharing some information that I didn't have. Um, yeah. So. All right. Let's let's just let's just put it out there ahead of time. Yeah. Um, there's say it. there's going to be a John Mayer S.E. Yeah, that is all we know at this point. However, right. we, don't know we know more anything. than that. We do know more than that because we can we can infer a lot of things from what we already know. Right. It's like, what is John Mayer playing right now? What is his primary guitar? It's a Silver Sky. Yeah, Everybody a knows it's a Silver Sky. That is his signature model PRS. Let's back right. up because we all know John had a silver had a had another guitar with PRS before the Silver Sky called the Super Eagle. Now, right. I, I, I don't know that the Super Eagle was actually ever a John Mayer signature. I think it I was a custom so. guitar. It was a custom set of guitar. No, they made him more than one. They made him a custom set of guitars. And then they well, were, did a small run and they sold them. Okay. Right. And um, so I don't think they're still doing the Super Eagle. They might still be doing. You might I'm still be able to right order now. one. I don't think so. You could probably order a Modern Eagle from them custom like through you know the ten thousand dollar and up price tag and have it done with all the stuff that's in the uh the super eagle okay yeah so it's it's private stock only so we start off like that's that's one thing that a lot of people have been saying like 
what's it going to be? Is it going to be a silver sky? Is it going to be a super eagle? Is it going to be something different? It's going to be a silver sky. Uh, this is this is yeah. my 100 percent prediction. If you are sitting there right now going, I don't know what they're going to make. Um, yeah. It's going to be a silver sky. Now, exactly. the, now, why should you listen to us? Because we've been predicting since this thing came out that there would That's be right. an SE model. I um, predicted it in 2018. Yeah. I outright asked them and they looked at me like, are you? Well, well, yeah. not, not, now, not now. Right you know? now. <laughs> and he literally said right now. That was three years ago. Yeah. Four years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's going to happen. Um, and I may or may not have pre-ordered one um, or I asked if I could pre-order one. I may or may not have done that. Um, um, <laughs> Scouts honor. We can't say anything. Uh, that's right. That, but that we said, can. so here's what I want to here's what I start off with. Why is this going to be a silver sky? Other than the right. fact that, like, it's obviously going to be a silver sky, folks. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, number one, it's not going to be a super eagle because. All right. So the PRS hollow body two, OK, in the Paizo model is what, like sixteen ninety nine. Yep. <laughs> if they do a super eagle in the SE line, that's a two thousand plus dollar guitar in an right. SE, in an SE. In an SE. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. There's not a chance in hell. There's not a snowball's chance in hell that's going to happen. It's um, not realistic. So just forget about there being that. Now, I did start sort of start thinking from the perspective of what if John came to them and said, I want to do the Santana thing and I want to offer a guitar that's, you know, for, for beginners that can do the tones that are in the silver sky, but are, you know, at a, at a price point people can purchase. So like picture like um, custom 24, but with not 24, but a 22 or 21 with single coils. Right. I don't think they're going to do that either, but, but I, that was a thought process that kind of, I went over in my head and went, you know, no, I, I see this thing being, and, and this is based folks solely on, you know, pulling stuff out of my hat. Um, and this hat is a Gibson, so it doesn't know much about PRS, but um, I see it being about a thousand dollars. Yeah, I think it's going to um, be around nine ninety nine. I honestly, because yeah. because this is a Strat competitor and they know that yeah. even though it's got John's yep. name on it, uh, yep. it should be a Strat competitor. It's an import. Yep. It realistically yeah. should be about 700, 700 bucks 750 bucks okay. it's going to be up against the player plus the you know those guitars there in that category and so um, so with john mayer's name attached that's an extra 250 bucks yeah so that's why i see it around a thousand dollars i i don't see it any more than 1100 at the moment uh, 1099 Gig bag. What's that? Gig bag. And a gig bag. I mean, look, the $2,500 version. Yes, I was just going to say, the new one comes with a gig bag <laughs> now. The, unless you got the first run, you got a gig bag. And you will, you will get, not only will you get a gig bag, it won't even be a Silver Sky gig bag, unfortunately. I see it being mm, a. No, nah, it's going to be an SE, standard old. Unless they do like an SE deluxe gig bag for it. Um, right. Because some of their higher end SEs come with a case, but it's because they're hollows. Right. So. 
Well, they right. What I would have loved to see is like the first run, just like they did with the other ones. First run, putting the word Silver Sky on there, embossing it on there or something. But um, I don't know. I don't, know if, I don't see that happening. Not if they're going to meet a price point. The, um, the other question I've been seeing people field, Jim, is color. Color. What what yep. colors are they going to offer? And I and I've heard people say that it's going to be the pink. And it's going to be, gonna the, be and it's going to be the silver that they came out with I'm, for the. I'm not going to say anything because I already know. I, I realize that we 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 sort of have an indication of what that might look like. What I've like, been told least, straight up what the colors are. I know. I, 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 I know. I, I I'm very well aware. And and if you dig deep enough on the internet, you can find out what the colors are going to be. Um, yeah. We're doing this very tongue in cheek, folks. We have a lot yes. more information, we a lot of information than we can share with you. So please yeah. bear with us. Um, yep. We've had a lot more information about this product as it's come along. Uh, unfortunately, this is like the least best kept secret in the industry. And yeah, I, I really think people I mean, there's NDAs and stuff involved in this one. Um, and that's and that's part of the thing. Like, even though there are people blabbing about it everywhere, there are NDAs involved in this. Yes. Um, and and the truth of the matter is <clears throat> that. Um, being a podcast, we get a little bit of the the information that we can get. But the fact of the matter also is that we would never get that information ever again from anyone about anything if we ran our mouths now. Quite, so, quite frankly, I, I want to be I want to be very honest with our listeners. We don't actually have any confirmation that all of the things we're saying are true. Um a lot of what we see is like a store accidentally posts a picture of something and somebody tips us off to that happening. And so we go over there and we look at said picture. Um, And so like what, why I want to preface it that way is like, even though we say we know what the colors are and that kind of thing, they might be subject to change. They might be wrong. They might be fake photos, that kind of stuff. So that's a, that's a good thing to keep in mind because I know that I saw pictures of the AZS line the um what was it the 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 student model az line that's out yeah um which i think that came to the states right that didn't just stay in japan yeah um but i saw pictures of that get posted weeks before that guitar was announced and it was different than when it was announced so it was almost like they just threw up a, a photo because they knew the guitar was coming to take pre-orders. And then Ibanez reached out and said, hey, take it down. <laughs> um, well, so, yeah, and easily, easily um, somebody can take um, a, a PRS headstock, a uh, Silver Sky headstock. Go on to uh, AliExpress. Underneath there. Go and look at AliExpress. Yeah. There's fake. You can order fake Silver Skies right now. Um, Already, yeah. Uh, so, you know, just keep that all in mind as we talk about the, the Silver Sky situation. But That's in terms of colors, I'm just talking about like desirability because I would because yeah. because in my mind, um, the Silver Sky colors that have been made available from the stock line, like the pink. I think they did a green one, didn't they? They've done blue. They've done the color shift colors, which were limited edition. They've yeah, done they've done the gray, the blue. The, I think they do a white one now. They did, yeah, maple, they did a, and they also do maple, and they also do rosewood. And they just released. It's a pinkish one. Let me see. It's like a um, 
uh, let's see. I, I was just literally. I'm going over to PRSGuitars.com over talking. There it is, Roxy Pink. Yeah, the Roxy Pink, right? Yeah, they just released a Roxy Pink. I highly doubt we're going to see some of the. Look, right now the number of colors for the Silver Sky is is actually quite. Uh, there's Frost Maple. There's Frost um, or uh, Gold Golden Mesa. There's a uh, Orion Green. Um, mock sand. I mean, holy smoke! Polar blue. Uh, it has become it, it has become a line for them, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. In that, in that, here's a guitar that is originally someone's signature model, which is now and be, those are just the ones you can order. That's not even the special colors, right? So, I mean, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six, twelve. Yep. 16, 17 colors, something like that. Plus the, plus yep. the specials. Um, yep. and some people have already asked the color, like, what is it? Was it going to come in, come in, you know, from, from uh, the SE line. And I'm here to tell you the SE line colors are going to be bland. Um, yeah, they have to be. And, and, and it, it, people are like, why would they No, Cause he like, he has, a, cause apparently he's like very involved in the color selection and color generation process. And yes. I get it. Right. Like, okay, yep. fine. Um, but they have to make these SEs unattractive in some way. Yes. Um, because these guitars that they make 12 finishes in still have to sell. <laughs> okay. That's right. Okay. So one of the, uh, and another thing, there are some specs that I think are going to change on this guitar before it comes out. And those specs are going to be, will the radius be there? And because a lot right. of people, that's been very controversial. Anybody I talk to about the Silver Sky, the first question that comes out of their mouth is, how do you like the seven and a half inch radius? And yep. everybody has an opinion on it. Either you like it or, or you hate it. Or you don't. That's and right. I am of the personal opinion that they can take the seven and a half inch radius and shove it up their ass. Um, I, I, that's, be, that's being strong. I'm being strong about it. Uh, let me let me explain. So. Seven and a half inch radius on fenders. Everybody says, oh my gosh, that's the best fender radius ever. Um, well, you know what? I'm, I'm here to explain something to you. Any seven and a half inch fender vintage radius guitar you've ever played didn't have a seven and a half inch radius because it's been played. Guess what? It's had fretwork done to it. And if you're playing a 57 Strat, that's a closet queen. Yep. Hey, by all means, you have a seven and a half inch radius, but the vast majority of those older guitars have been refretted, planed, and, and or are ha running on original frets that have been worn down to nubs. Those are not seven and a half inch radius anymore. Sorry, you don't you don't wear a guitar that way. That's not the way you wear a guitar. Uh, for example, and this is the easiest way to describe it. You're going to play a lot less on the bass strings up above the 12th fret, aren't you? Um, so you're going to wear away fret material down there lower and every fret crown and level job you have done on the guitar is going to wear that away some more. And eventually you're going to end up with something of a compound radius. Um, and that's true of every, of every radius. The yep. reason why people <clears throat> like seven and a half is because it's comfortable for cording up near yep. the nut. That's and, right. um, it is, it is super comfortable. It has drawbacks, and this is why I won't play them. A stock seven and a half inch radius will fret out, period. Uh, if you have the action set the same as your nine and a half or your 10, 10 inch radius or your 12 inch radius guitars, 
mm-hmm. you the geometry of it is going to cause it to fret out. You have to play them with slightly higher action, period. It's the end of story. There's no other way for you to get around it unless you're going to play with some setup where you have way more relief in the neck. So I think it would behoove PRS if they're going to do this as a 10 inch or nine and a half. I was actually thinking about this this evening and I was, something something occurred to me is they could do something radically different and make this a feature for this guitar at this price point is what if yep. they did a seven and a half to a 10 inch compound? Yep. Compound radius. Yep. And that's definitely achievable <clears throat> at Cortec. Okay. Yep. Now, if you're going to do a straight seven and a half inch radius at Cortec, you're going to have to pay for tooling. You're going to have to have specific tooling because nobody else is doing seven and a half inches radius guitars coming out of Cortec. Nope. That's nope. not a thing, which is why I'm like, I don't know that they can get away with doing PRS has enough money. If PRS wants to do seven and a half inch radius Silver Sky out of Cortec, they'll do it. If they think that's a selling point and they think people are going to sign on for that. But I have yep. a feeling they sort of realize this guitar is not just for the John Mayer fans that. And maybe John Mayer even knows this. Like this is. I think the SEs, right, are not for the John Mayer fans. The SEs are for the everyman's. I I think this is the people that want a PRS Strat. Okay. That's right. And I think they sort of recognize that. And I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of quietly. uh, Now, obviously, John Mayer is teasing it for the for the push and launch, but sort of quietly. Don't have him as involved with this guitar. In other words, it's a silver sky, but like. You're not going to see him posing for pictures with the SC in no, in magazines and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, he might. I, I don't know. But I, I, I just think that this is going to be sort of a separate thing where this is like you're <clears> saying, John designed the Silver Sky and now we've taken it to this next step to provide it for everyone. Right. Um, right. And I, well, and I can tell you, I was just looking... Be. I was just looking at Sweetwater. They have absolutely no Silver Skies in any color either fretboard in stock that is incredible that just speaks to the to the volume of this guitar you know when when people talk crap about the uh uh the fender um acoustasonics now oh these things are flying off the shelves i never saw that um but people aren't talking crap about the silver sky like that and let me tell you something you cannot keep them in in the store they oh, go. I've had, I've had conversations with other podcast artists about the uh, the Acoustasonic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of funny because they vehemently, vehemently defended the fact that the Silver Sky has been a big seller for Fender. And I, while I have seen more of them popping up, um, Greg Cock has one. Acoustasonic. Greg, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I have seen more of them popping up. Greg Cox got one now. And, and of course, yeah. like some people like Greg, like Greg might have gotten that for free. Right. Like, you got to realize that he has a long history with that company and they mm-hmm. may have just been like, you know what? Uh, he'll sell them for us like for, yeah. for for basically free. Like if we just give him one and he'll put he'll play it mm-hmm. or maybe they gave him a few hundred bucks, a few thousand <clears throat> dollars, whatever. It I think the difference between what PRS is doing and what Fender did recently with the with the budget version of that. Is totally different because I don't. PRS did not need to make the SE Silver Sky. They didn't. Their their SEs sell just fine, and their and their John Mayer's sell just fine. Um, I'm just waiting for the. That, I'm praying for the SE Fiore. <laughs> That's the one I want. <laughs> I don't blame you. 
I got to be honest with you. A Fiore, a Fiore would be what I would get. Not just, not the SE. Actually, I, I saw a Fiore in the store the other day and it took a lot of work for me not to pick it up off the rack and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah, play this. Because that would be one, that'd be a tough one to turn down. Um, that Fiore, that's a beautiful guitar. That's got everything going It was in it. red too. Was it? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's and that's the color too. That's the color that I would got. Yep. Um, so I'm looking at the Silver Sky colors, and I know people are like, "Oh, I love the colors of the Silver Sky." And I'm just like, I like the pink one. Mm -hmm. I like, yeah. I, and I like the special Silver Sky limited edition they did. Yeah, the, the Lunar Ice. Yeah, which is the only finish that, like, for me, is like, oh yeah, all right. Because you know, if I want to buy a twenty two hundred dollars Strat. Yeah, twenty five now. Are they twenty five? Did they just jump? Twenty five fifty. That's why the SE has to exist. <laughs> That's when the SE is coming. <laughs> and the SE has to be, um, like like you and I said, it has to be right at about a grand. Yeah, yeah. Because if it's, it could he it could. I could see this hitting twelve hundred, man. I really could. Yeah, it could hit twelve hundred fifty percent. Um, once you break that twelve fifty mark. I think it would be tough to sell them um, at, you know. How soon do you think we're going to, how do you soon do you think we're going to get a model with, um, uh, or not a model with, but, but uh, new pick guards. Like how quickly do you think people are going to be coming out with custom pick guards for humbuckers? That I think will happen. Do you think this thing's swimming pool oh, rounded? Because that's another question no. I've had is how modifiable is PRS going to make this guitar? I'll open that bitch up when I get it. I, I will <laughs> open it up. I'll tell you right now, I don't think that's swimming pool rounded. And I, I'm willing to bet they don't care. They why, just don't why, need to. Why do, you, why do you not like swimming pool route? Why, why do you think no, that's I a distractor? I love swimming pool routes. I I'll, think swimming pool routes are great. I'll bet you it is going to be a swimming pool route. Swimming and I'll tell you why. Route. I'll tell you why it's going to be a swimming pool route. Because it's cheaper. <laughs> it's cheaper to do a swimming pool route. The only the only reason I can see them doing a swimming pool route for the SE, the Silver Sky. Remember, they don't make a strat, so the routing doesn't matter to them. I think the only reason they might do one is because I think we're going to see a humbucker in the, in the future. Uh, That's my call. I doubt that. Be a, I doubt that. Be a Silver Sky. If we do that, that, then you're going to see a Fiore. That's what that's, that's and, and it will be, have no pick, and, it will have, and it will have no pick guard, so that will be that's a different right. model entirely. I think it's for CNC. It's actually from what I've heard, it's cheaper to make swimming pool routes rather than to to uh, QC the the cuts for the you know around each pickup. Yeah, that's what I've heard, and that's why Fender switched over years and years ago to doing swimming pools yeah. in most of their most of their uh, high end stuff until you get to like custom shop or one of the you know 50s yeah. reissues even mine is a swimming pool route yeah um, I, I think make, i think a swimming pool routes so the reason why the other reason why i think that's gonna be a swimming pool route prs knows these are gonna be modified like they want yeah. these guitars to be modified because that's gonna sell them so yeah yeah they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> i have a very strong feeling if they're not swimming pool routed i'll be shocked um yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm going to open mine up. Now, when I get it. so the only thing that's wrong with this guitar is the stupid strap pins. Oh, really? The, the PRS strap button, I, I know people like them. It's too oh. fucking low profile. Yep. It needs yep. to be just like 0.25 millimeters longer. And yep. between the, oh, between the body on. and the thing. 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, you, you use strap locks anyway. I stopped using strap locks. I don't throw guitars on stage. It's fine. Um, it's yeah. just too much of a pain in the ass. I, I don't do. even use a washer on them. I'm, really? I, no, no. Well, you I are have, very... Uh, um, I never take my hand. Around. I, I, no, all I do, but I don't take my and hand. I, I never take my hands off the guitar. So oh, you'll see me do this, literally do this. Yeah. So I like, well, you know, when I'm, I get the guitar up here and I'm, you know, doing that thing, oh, yeah. like yep. my hand up here is holding it. <laughs> okay. It's not, this is not just like doing this with no thumb yeah. behind it. Like the thumb is crabbing on. Um, yep. And uh, actually, I was laughing today. I've been playing my acoustic all day. This is the first day I've played my acoustic pretty much exclusively in a long time. And um, my hands, they're serious business right now. <laughs> they, they, they will ruin you. <laughs> I have got to play the my acoustic of death. for that very reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but um, going back to the SE Silver Sky, I honestly think that Again, I'll, I'll open it up right away. I, I probably won't get mine before Trogley gets his, so it won't be. But I'm going to open mine up, look for the swimming, swimming pool round, look for everything that's under there. Yeah, how does Trogley get every new PRS so fast? Does he have, like, somebody on the inside over there? He's got somebody in, I think, Sweetwater and, and another store, because I know he gets a lot of stuff from Sweetwater. And he lives right there. I mean, he can drive to Sweetwater, grab it, and come home. So, because um, he lives... In Ohio, right there by the edge, and I don't know if you've ever you've ever been to the Ohio part, but that's only an hour or so, hour and a half away. So he, I think he lives two hours or less from Sweetwater, if I remember what he said. Might even be less than that. So um, he just goes right over there if he needs to. And he said himself, he said, "I get my stuff the next day from Sweetwater." Um, in one of his things, he said, I get my yeah, stuff. For I, I just assumed that he was close to, to the factory and, yeah. um, no, he's nowhere near. I mean, yeah. I'm close enough to go up to the Baltimore factory. If, if, if PRS said, Hey Jim, you can come up here and grab you should, your guitar. You, you should call him up and be like, guys, I just want to buy this directly from you. Can I just I, drive up I and I pick just it up? Come up there and grab it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that Sweetwater would no, do that. They, they don't do that anyway, because they, they want to, they want their dealer relationships to be. Yeah, they need those dealer relationships. They're still, well, they're still like they're still like Mesa was a year ago, where the dealer relationships yeah. matter. Um, right. There are people. <laughs> yeah, there are people in. Um, look, I told you when when that happened. He's now. What I have heard since we're talking about things that are coming down the pipe, I have heard from very reliable sources that we're going to see a Gibson amp soon. From yeah, Nam Nam. So all of this yeah. stuff, I want to preclude all this. This is like Nam coverage, basically, because Nam's not happening this year. If no, you, if it's you, not going to happen. I know they said it was. It's no, not. Jim. Jim, you didn't hear. Nam oh, got, got canceled and moved. Oh, it they, did. They're, they're um, doing it in June in Nashville. <laughs> okay, the whole shebang. Oh, they're going to do it in Nashville again. Yeah, yeah they're going to do well. So the summer. So they always have summer Nam in Nashville, but they're doing like a best of Nam thing. Yeah. That's what they're calling it. Basically they canceled Nam in, in Anaheim and they're yeah. encouraging everybody who would have gone to Anaheim to go to Nashville instead. And I um, said, I said four years ago, right towards the beginning of this podcast, I said, Nam is a dinosaur and it's going to end. Cause oh, the it's truth not, of the it's matter not ending. is it's not ending. Well, I want to make it very clear. It's not I, I, <laughs> what I meant. Yeah. It's not as big a deal 
as yeah. it was. It wasn't a big deal a back lot, then. It was no, it was pe- it was the people stuff. on the internet that were making a big deal out of it. Right. A lot more stuff is going to get done online <laughs> that used to be done on the internet. A lot of dealers are talking, you know, that, that have podcasts. Alamo Music, um, who's the the one in North Carolina that I watch. They they're saying the same things. They're like, yeah, we go, but it's not. It's not the fun thing. But you know what? That that happened. Those who don't know, every freaking industry in the world has a name. A trade, they have a trade show. Right. That's right. Everybody has a trade show. I used my father used to go or my grand, or my stepfather used to go to the freaking um, trade shows for um, cows. Bull, they'd sell bulls, cows, um, yeah, farm yeah. equipment, everything. Agway was I'm one familiar, of the biggest. I'm uh, familiar with that one. Agway. Yeah. Uh, 4-H was there. I mean, it was huge. I used to I used to show cattle. So it's not like these things are not important. Um, it's just that it's not going to be the party. Yeah, see, that's a great way to use that thing. Um, it's not the party that it used to be. And I I think a lot of the podcasters are let down by that, which is why the every person that used to watch these things. Look, we used to look forward to NAM coverage. It was like the Sears catalog, right? The only reason we oh, looked forward well, to NAM coverage was because we knew that a lot of products were going to get dropped. And the same the products are, we're going to be getting same, same things have already happened. Like they drop products now. They don't drop them at the NAM show. They drop them in right. December or right. or November because they want you to have them at Christmas time. They stopped my, selling. It used, all right. So this is the reason why all of that shit used to be sold to professionals or people that, admit, they, that did this as a career, not as dicking around in their living room. You know, right. with a guitar in the corner. And now it's yeah. become that, which means that yep. manufacturers and, and the industry people are trying to wrap their head around. How do we sell the professionals and people? Because the, they have different right. release cycles. Right. Yeah, the doctors and lawyers that have got a, a $10,000 guitar you, sitting in their office. And in case you're wondering why I said that different release cycles, when does the fiscal year begin for most musicians? If you're running a musician yeah. as a business, it's usually January because people run their, their books on a calendar thing. A calendar. And so if you year, actually yeah. have a budget and if your business yep. has a budget and usually they're actually selling to businesses, not the musician themselves, the business is trying to they got all their money in January. So you're announcing That's new right. products in January. Guess what? They can buy. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's why hey. Nam was such a big deal. That's right. Now, now look at. Look at the announcement for the SE Silver Sky. That that literally falls into what would have been Nam. Nam. <laughs> that would have been Nam. They would have had John Mayer. It's supposed um, to be announced private event. As now we, it's just going to be Instagram. As ahead, we record, sorry. as we record this, um, which probably won't actually be. Out, I, I don't think this episode is going to be out by the time it gets announced. So we, oh, we're, no. we're 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 free of all indemnity here. Okay, oh, we're not really? revealing shit to anybody. I don't. Oh, think. then I can then I can tell what four colors there are because I know. Oh no no keep that to, <laughs> see say that for me. I <laughs> want to know after the end of the episode. Everybody else already right. know, but but I'd like to know at the end of the episode because okay. I know about one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, I can I can show you one. <laughs> I, well, you did. <laughs> you you may have. I mean, um, so anyway. Um, it's going to get announced on the 11th, which is NAM week, traditionally. Yeah, nine days from Between today, 11 yeah. and the 21st, or the the 27th, I think, is usually NAM week. So, yeah. you know, one of those two weeks ends up being the trade show. Um, yep. I'm kind of curious just to see what else people are kind of sitting on that haven't announced yet. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, me too. Anyway, well, if you if you think about it, the the um, there's so many things that, uh, like like you just said, the Gibson amp will probably be announced. Um, at the very least, announced if um, and specs given. Um, you know, we're gonna see a lot of things uh, come out. Um, but anyway, that's you know, let's do our gig reports and get the hell. Out. Let's do our gig reports and get the hell out of here. That's right. So. You've got a bunch of gigs. I'm going to give you most of the time, but I do want to talk about, um, I did play, I played two gigs. I played yep. Bourbon on Division uh, with Old Stumpy, which was an interesting yep. show. I can't talk a lot about that because there was some illegal shit going on there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say fun was had. Uh, well, that. by certain people. By people. I, I don't know how fun it was. Uh, let's just put it this way. Some people probably woke up in ditches later and were like, <laughs> where am I? Um, would not have shocked me whatsoever. And it was cold. So, you know, yeah. if you woke up in a ditch that night, I'm sorry. Um, anyway. Yep. Uh, so Bourbon and Division is on a famous street here in Chicago that has a bunch of nightclubs and it's sort of known oh, yeah. for being a wild area. And um, mm-hmm. so it's an interesting night. I, I get to this place. I, I had to park on the street. I don't do city gigs a lot. So um, I think this is the first city gig I've had since I started playing out again. So did you which, take the train down or did they no, no, I drove. I drove. I drove. Um I have so so I started playing out again I think in like 2018 2019 and it was the first time that I play I've played a city gig since since like I was in high school um or I don't even know if I played any city gigs back then I'm like I'm starting to think about mm-hmm. it I'm like wait a minute where did I was it's a possibility um yeah. but anyway so I get down here and um we're playing with uh one of our band members brothers bands which if you know mm-hmm. the old stumpy thing like He's got three or four professional level bands that get decent billing and um, they can book a club and they have their own production company. So they have actual crew that comes out with them. And um, so it was interesting. We had like a production assistant running around doing stuff, you know, for for us and them during the show. And um, uh, there was actually the promoter was there and the promoter, you know, actually was three. There were three different promoters, basically people that put up money to, to finance the show and um so um <laughs> it was kind of a wild night because we pulled in i was like 6 30 when i got there and i was supposed to be uh well 6 15 i was supposed to be there 6 30 so i was told to go in the back and take the elevator i walk around back it's an alley of course and uh the lights are off there's a van parked somewhere and uh, i can't find the entrance to this place <clears throat> so oh, i start texting people and I'm like, guys, uh, I'm kind of back here. I got all my gear with me and um, I can't figure out how the hell to get into this damn building. And of course, nobody's looking at their phone. So then I walk around to the front of the building, which is locked. I walk around to the back again. I text message to more people. Nobody answers. I go back around to the front. One of my band members is walking out the front door and he's holding the door open for me. He says, here, come on in. He didn't even know I was texting. He had no idea. He had no idea. I could yeah. not figure out how to get into the damn place. So he's like, just go up the stairs. So I carry, um, I'm, we'll get into my rig here in a minute. Carry my gear upstairs. Big open room. Uh, Mike's band is sound checking. No, oh, they're getting their stuff ready for sound check. And okay. I immediately realized I made a wise decision because I decided to come to this show direct. Um, against some people's better judgment. Some of my gear counselors uh, were like, you should bring your amp. Like you sound better if you have an amp, like, and I agree 100%. It's always a better experience if I have my amp. However, yep. 
However, I have played with Mike Spann before, and when someone has a legit Hammond organ, and they've said they're bringing their Hammond, uh, you realize you're not going to have a lot of stage real estate. OK, so let right. me let me describe to you what the band before us had. They had a four by 10 cabinet uh, for bass. Um, they had a two by 12 um, uh, trucker cab for for uh, guitar standing vertical. Yeah. Um, they had a Nord as a dual 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 keyboard setup with a Hammond cabinet. OK, he didn't bring his Hammond organ. Uh, thank God. Cause, and probably because he would have had to park the damn thing with Spot Hero. Because he would have had to park it. Or the, the He has a trailer that he hauls in. So he would have had to park the trailer oh, yeah, overnight yeah. To, to do that. Um, so I'm like, all right, perfect. I will just, I'll have zero stage real estate. I had my tiny board, which is the board I held up earlier in the show. And I had an HX Stomp and my MC6. I had, and I only just, just briefly described the layout I had on there. So I basically had a deluxe reverb. I had um, a King of Tone out in front inside the unit. I had, um, I had Univibe sound. I had, I didn't even have tremble. I had reverb and delay. And I had two different types of delay. I had slap back delay and I had a long delay. And it was all mapped to different buttons. I could turn shit on and off just like it was a real pedal board, right? And uh, I took that out, went to an X, a little little XLR, and then went out to the snake to the front of house. And um, so what ended up happening is I'm waiting for these guys to sound check, and uh, they're running really freaking late. We're supposed to be sound checking at 6.30. It's 6.45, and we haven't even set up our gear yet. And right. what, what really pissed me off, and Mike, if you're listening... You know, we go way back, so it's not like I'm holding this against you. But when you show up to a gig and you've booked another band to play with you, don't take over the whole stage because they put their gear like in the middle of the stage, not at the back of the stage. OK, and I'm going, really? Um, this it just it just puts me off like and, and, and when I have my band, I'm less likely to play with you with my band because uh, I'm not going to do that kind of shit. I will play and same token if I was at his level I'd be putting my shit at the back of the stage making sure we have plenty of room because I want the whole show to be good opening to close right and I'm not looking at myself as the featured act or anything like that because let's face it most of the people I play with are better than me anyway um, yep. so end of the day uh, we get we get going we sound pretty good we play soundcheck song which my band doesn't know how to soundcheck because they just haven't done this stuff enough. Um, so <laughs> no, so we watch them sound check, right? And like they're going through all these different things. They play half a tune and then they they do all their individual mixes and then they have them make adjustments, right? We play half yep. a tune. I'm like, I can't hear my guitar. Bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. Everybody else in the band is like, let's play it again. I'm like, no, stop. We need to make adjustments. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? And Kyle's like, sounds good to me. And I'm sitting there thinking, I, how 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 does that because i can hear his monitor i'm like how does that sound good to you how on god's green earth does that sound good to you um and i just like whatever no big deal um we get rolling uh we play the first tune i can't hear myself enough but i'm like i can still hear my guitar enough that i can get away with what i'm doing like I, i'll have them adjust it later um, when we get when we get a break. So we go through the first three or four tunes. Um, 
which by the way, we're cooking that night. We're playing really well because we don't have our regular drummer. We have a good drummer with us. And um, we have actually Mike's drummer is playing for us that night. Um, and uh, man, he was really good. And he knew some of the songs better than my band did, which is why I'm like, for real. Uh, so <laughs> I'm playing and uh, I we get to the third song. There's a break. And I'm like, I'm like, Kyle, Kyle, I need you to tell them over the mic right now that I need more guitar in my monitor, like badly. And so they give me more electric and I'm like, yes. And the rest of the night's great, right? We get to two songs to the end. My guitar cuts out. I think it's oh, just my dude. guitar. And then I look out and I realize, oh, shit. We lost the whole PA. We're thinking that we blew a fuse. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so the guy comes up. And he, and he, <clears throat> not in the southern, not in the southern uh, meaning of the word, but bless his heart. He comes up to me and he says, uh, he says, um, I think it's your, I think it's your HX stomp. And I said, dude, I was like, I test my cables before I, before I leave the house. And actually my cable tester, you, you can't see it. It's right next to my microwave in the kitchen. Cause I've been soldering cables, but I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, I'm like, I don't, I, especially if I'm running a rig that I'm not, that's not tried and tested. Like I've never done it before. I'll test my cables before I leave the house. And that was no exception, especially because I had that little XLR converter cable I got from Guitar Center as a live wire. I'm like, yeah, I don't trust this thing as far as I can throw it. Um, yep. So um, he says, uh, I said, if it's if it's my cable, let me know and we'll fix it. Like, we'll we'll do something about it. Like we can run a direct box or whatever, um, which that was another thing. I was getting really, really bad noise from the lights because uh, I had my S500 with me. And uh, so he climbs up on stage and he gets back there and he goes, there's like an area with curtains and he goes back behind there and there's a snake and he's, he's playing around with the, um, actually it's like a Maddie thing that takes him over to the, to front of house. And uh, he gets us going and we're like, yeah, great. Play a song, play another song. And then we go to play the last tune. We get about four bars or six bars in and then it cuts out again. Now, oh jeepers! I'm looking at my watch and I'm going, we're 15 over. It's Mike's show. Mike, if Mike, you know, Mike is fine with his plan, we'll play. And uh, so Mike Tash comes up the stage and we're kind of talking to him. And, and uh, he says, well, maybe they can get it figured out. Maybe they can get it figured out. Well, about 10 minutes go by and he comes up and he says, are you guys going to hang it up or what? And we're like, one more, we got one more song to do. But we're like, if he can't get fixed, anyways, back there, he's doing the same thing, reboots it, whatever gets us going. And we finish out the set. And uh, actually, even Mike Tash said, you know, even with the equipment problems, this is the best set you've ever, you guys ever played. And I'd be like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, no shit. <laughs> you know, we had a good drummer. We had a quality drummer with us. So, yeah. um, and me and him were locking in. You know, it was like, it was like, I, what's a bass player? Who gives a shit? You know, like, what, what do you mean? What's a bass player doing? Like, it's, this is me and you show. Let's take, let's do, let's take care of business. Um, and, uh, so ultimately it was a, it was a big win. And then we went up to the green room and that was complete chaos. Uh, there was like comic books and stuff I had to sign, which was like part of the promotion of the event. I guess the promoters get, get all got one, but it was like one of these things where nobody had told me this and I was just going to jet. Like I was just going to put my stuff on and leave. Uh, Cause I had a horrible headache and uh, now they're like, no, go upstairs and get some, get some aspirin and, um, 
get some uh, get some food before you take off so you'll feel better. I was like, okay. So I went upstairs and then they're like, production assistant comes in and she says, you need to sign this, this, and this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a haze. I'm like, oh, I can't even think straight. And you're like, tell me I have to sign shit. And like, I didn't know there was any contractual obligation for me to do anything here. Um, so it was, it was just, it was a funny chaotic evening and I went home and that was great. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to share is I went to uh, Pollyanna open mic, open jam. They're still doing it despite, uh, we have 38,000 cases a day, I think in Illinois now. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's mostly Omicron, which I, I don't want to, yep. down, I don't want to downplay that, but I want to say like, I'm vaccinated. And, uh, from what I understand, if you're vaccinated, you're supposed to be, reasonably yeah. well off against this um and and quite frankly i'm 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 thrice vaxxed so um yep. i don't think i would have any problem with it but that said uh i will probably not be going to open jam until cases drop um it, we had a really harrowing experience there i got i came in and and um the host told me a lot of people weren't going to be there that night and i said covid and he said yeah and um then i found out you know, as we were there, I'm like looking around, the place is packed and I'm going, what in the hell? And it was, I mean, it was wall to wall people all night. It's never like that. It's it's a good thing for, it's a good problem for a bar to have. But I mean, I would say, Jim, there's probably 200 people there in the, in that club. And, um, there was, uh, 20, 30 performers. And then quite frankly, it's becoming a bit of an open mic, which it's not supposed to be. Um, but people have been coming in. I think part of it's because everybody's on, you know, they were on the Christmas holiday break and stuff, uh, college students and things like that. And they were coming in there. I want to do my acoustic duo and I don't want anyone else on stage with me. And it's like, well then don't come to an open jam. Um, (coughs) it's just, it's It's that simple. It is literally that simple. I do have something to share from that though. And I was just, I was just about to hand it over to you, but I, but there is something I want to point out. So I was there. My wife was there with me. Rarely gets to go out with me, but um, we were actually going to go from there to pick up my other uh, my other kid from the airport. They were flying back mm-hmm. in from their their uh, family trip to Las Vegas, and um, so we're at we're at Open Jam. It's our first time being there, right? And so naturally, it has to be a night where there's 200 people in a club and 30,000 30, cases of COVID that day, right? Um, no, of course. <laughs> and uh, so. I, I totally feel bad because she's like freaking out and I'm I'm not all there myself either. Um, but anyway, I'm watching what's going on in the pit because we're sitting in the back in the corner because we don't want to be anywhere near where the pit's at, where there's like a lot of people. Right, right, no. And I call it the pit because there's like an elevated area and then there's literally a pit um, and then the stage. So um, we're in the back and we're watching and I see some of the regulars. Well, anyway, my, my buddy Alex, you, you've heard about him on the show before. Alex is... Um, up front and I see a guy and he's, he's reasonably well-dressed and he's him and Alex are talking and I'm thinking, what's this all about? And then Alex is handing him his guitar and I'm going, what the, like, what the fuck is this? The guy gets, he climbs on stage and then they're like looking at amps. Now I've started using the cover on my amp. So when I am not playing, I put the cover on (laughs) and, um, and I turned it off, you know, and put the cover on so that nobody else is apt to use it unless I want them to. Um, 
And uh, he's like looking around. Well, then Alex gets his amp. He's got a big two by 12 Fender uh, solid state combo and puts it on stage next to next to my amp and plugs it in. He's crawling around back there or whatever. And then they get him all squared away. And I and I run down there to Alex in the pit because he's on the edge of the pit. And I'm like talking to him like, what the hell is this about? He goes, this guy, he's like, he wants to play and he doesn't have a guitar with him. And I'm like, well, what the hell? Like, who goes to an open jam or open mic without a guitar? And Alex goes, I don't know. He's like, he came up to me. He's like, I've been playing for 21 years. And every time I've gone to one of these, somebody's provided me with a guitar and, a, and an amp. And I said, Alex, you know, that's BS. Either this guy's never been to one of these or, you know, he's just feeding you a line of shit. And he goes, yeah, he's like, I know. He's like, I was in a good mood. And he's like, it was probably a mistake. So anyway, I go back and I sit down and we watch this guy set. And he just beats on this guitar. Just beats on it. On Alex's guitar. And to the point where we get through the first song and it's pretty clear the audience does not like what they're hearing. And the host goes up there and says, all right, we're done because we're getting towards the end of the night anyway. We need to get people in and out. And the guy's yep. like, the guy's like, one more, one more, one more. And convinces Sam to give him one more. And then he proceed, he played some punk song before. So you know what punk music sounds like. You know how punk music gets played. Uh, you, be, yep. you beat on the guitar. Bang, and, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. So then, so then he plays, he starts off and he's playing all along the watchtower. Oh, God. And he's singing like the worst version of Johnny Ramone you've ever heard in your life. Yep. And I look at my wife and I said, please, dear God, don't let me go down there. I yeah. said, whatever happens, don't let me go down there because it's yeah. not it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. <laughs> like, for one thing, you're beating on my buddy's guitar. And then, like, you showed up to a gig and you were being a pretentious asshole arguing with people and stuff. Not gig, but, a yep. you know, jam and. And then, yeah, yeah. and then you're going to get up there and you're going to debauch your eyes like one of what, in my opinion, is like one of the most important pieces of music to, you know, my guitar playing, but just guitar in general. And you're going to sit up there and do that. And it was awful. And he gets these solos and he thinks he's shredding and it just sounded terrible. Um, and everybody was like looking at him like, what the f like, what even is this now? If you remember, there was another gentleman that I talked about on the show a couple weeks ago. Similar experience. This is not the same guy. That guy could actually play. It's just he overplayed. Um, whereas this dude was like, what the hell? You haven't been playing professionally for 21 years. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you're a goddamn liar. Uh, in addition to being an asshole and a tool. Um, so he he played... They, they played this song for like eight minutes. Okay. Sam had told him to get off stage. Alex finally had to get up. And I saw Alex go over to the stage and he's like, you're done. Okay. Yep, and then out. the guy, the guy's like wrapped it up, handed him back the guitar. There was no words passed between the two of them. But I was like, mm -hmm. dude, I told Alex afterwards, I'm like, I don't know how you got out of that without hitting that guy. <laughs> like That was really bad. And he goes, yeah, dude, he's like, he just beat the hell out of my guitar. He's like, it was completely out of tune. And he's like, we're not talking like in, you know, still relative key of E, you know, he's like, it was out of tune. Like he was like, it was like some of the, some of the strings were like really flat, like down yeah. a half step. He's like, I don't know what the hell that guy was doing. 
And he's like, never again. He's like, I learned my lesson. Never again. I said, right on, man. I said, you know, if he's giving you trouble, if somebody's giving you trouble or something like that, I said, you know, we got to look out for each other. Like this is this is one of those situations where people can be jerks and they can do stuff and they can tear up your gear. And if somebody's giving you a hard time and they don't stop when you tell them to stop and that kind of stuff. We just got to I, I, I was ready to go down there and stand next to him and be like, you got a problem because uh, because you don't want a problem with me. You know, like you you can have a problem with other people, but you don't want it with me. Um, and and specifically, mostly because there's two of us um, and and my wife, which I'm more afraid of her than I am any, any dude that says he's been playing guitar for 21 years and beats on it like that. Um, yep. But anyway. Yeah, that was my whole experience. Your gig report, if you want to share one. I don't even know if you have. I mean, I know you have had gigs, but I don't know if yeah, you had any gigs. eventful stuff. <laughs> yeah, two gigs. Um, the eventful thing, I guess, you know, it, it, they were both good. Um, I broke my E string like towards the end of the night um, on uh, Riker. And so I said, well, and uh, my other guitar player goes, I'll play this. He hands me his R9. Um, and uh, so I, I finished the night on his R9 because um, I didn't bring, you know, um, <laughs> my Alpine white guitar uh, because I didn't want to bring that as a backup. Right, right. Um, Seems kind of weird. I had, yeah. And so I played that. Um, I played his guitar and... So today, literally, is it kind of fallout from that? Um, so that was that was New Year's Eve. So today, and we're recording this on the second. Um, I was uh, talking to him. I said, "Well, when you want to think about selling that, you better call me." Because I want to be I figured, first in line. For that. I figured uh, that conversation might might happen at some point. Oh, it's gonna ha- <laughs> it's gonna happen. We talked about it. It's gonna happen. Um, I told him, I said, once this band gears up and rig, um, starts running, rolling faster, <clears throat> um, and we start making some real money, um, I told him, I said, I'm just going to hand my money to you. <laughs> and when it's all done, you can just say, okay, Jim, here's your guitar. <laughs> That's how it's going to work. Well, I was just um, gonna. I was just gonna tell you, like, um, once you get an R nine, you won't need any of the other Les Pauls. <laughs> no, no, that's just it. I'll be selling a lot of guitars yeah, at that point. It's just like, well, um, well, you won't be selling. No, won't, you, I, at least one of them won't, you won't be selling. Maybe two of them. But that, but there's two. The Alpine Three. white one, totally not necessary anymore. The uh, the double cut, no, yeah, no, totally not. Necessary. I mean, the double cut's superfluous now, in my opinion. But <laughs> it's it's superfluous now. That's that's gonna go on the chopping block. I've I've said that a few times. I hadn't sold it. I got that rever- reverb scare thing with the ten ninety nine. Then I found out all you do is put in how much you paid for it, and you get you get ten ninety nine if you make over six hundred dollars, which I won't. Yeah, um, so I was telling uh, you, it's not a big deal. You just put in your not a big deal. I filled out I my info. My I, I didn't even get an email from them, so I I'm assuming I'm no. fine. That's same here. I didn't get an email from them this year either. So I and I had filled mine out. So I was like, what? now I know why because I it you tell them how much you pay, and as long as you can you can show which I can. I have every receipt, every you know everything I paid for my guitar, so I don't have any problem getting the getting that in um to be honest i'll probably sell the dc um shortly just to pay for 
that guitar I may or may not have pre-ordered through uh, that guitar that company. mayor that may do you mean that super eagle that mayor <laughs> I mayor have not been, <laughs> I mayor have not been uh, uh, pre-ordered and I mayor have already have a picture of the color um, uh, so yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, John may or not, may or not. <laughs> I just wanted to know if I could get one and then like get the nebula paint added onto it by someone else later. <laughs> I got to tell you, if you get an SE, here's the thing about the SE. That's the beauty of an SE. If you get an SE and you don't like the paint job, who gives a shit if you yeah, get it? Just, it it's just not like strip it yeah. and start over. I don't know what it is also about Gibson people that they're like, oh, I got to have the original finish. I still don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I get that you want a good finish and you want a decent finish. I still don't get the, it's got to be original, all original uh, finish. I, I just don't get it. There were so many people. Look, we've talked about this before. Some of Jimmy Page's favorite guitars were freaking refinished more than, more than once. And with hand paint. Come on, The Fool. Who had The Fool? That was uh, Clapton, right? Yeah. That was a hand paint job. <clears throat> they got stoned and they painted their guitars. I mean... I still don't understand what the what the and who gives a shit if it's Gibson USA that it's that it's the original paint job. I could see if it's like three weeks old, but if it's six hey, or you seven know, years the nice old, be, it won't old. ship like my S two does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you contacted PRS yet about that? You really should. Yeah, I they gotta, didn't say I've shit to me. They didn't say shit name. to me. That's that's insane. Um. They basically told me, well, some straps cause the the finish to react and that you should no. you should only use straps that are viable for, for nitro. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. I'm, I, I don't First have time all, to dick with them. So. No, no. that that's absolutely insane. Just uh, no. Yeah, just no. that's that's what I was told. Um, and I'm like, you guys just are not even going to listen to me. So I that's fine. Yeah. It just goes to show me you're only, you're only after understand. big money. I could understand if it's oxidizing plastics, like the old plastics that used to literally gas mm -hmm. um, out. But right. I don't understand them saying that, oh, well, you got the wrong strap. Look, I'm using a $75, $80, whatever, yeah. $100 leather strap. $100 leather strap. Well, they were saying yeah. specifically uh, leather is a problem. You should use a nylon strap. Oh, horse shit. I'm I like, am are not you effing kidding wild. me? I'm going to put a no. nylon strap on a... On a you freaking two thousand dollar prs screw, you cannot screw you. tell me you cannot tell me straight faced any any guitar company can not tell me straight faced that i can't put a fucking especially when when prs sells leather straps with their fucking name on i've got them i know i, I know jim you know who makes them for them levies levy levies and they and i right. have I have Levy's padded guitar straps on my guitars yeah. right now. Yeah. So would That's you mind bullshit. explaining to me why yeah. the Levy's brand straps are different than yours? That's right. There's <clears> no <throat> way. No way. That's I, that's insane. I, I um, bullshit. It, it it is, but you know, it's like at this point, I don't care. I'm not really looking to get the guitar refinished. I just wear the fucking thing out. I yeah, <laughs> literally yeah. don't care. Um, exactly. <laughs> but I'm not playing it out during the winter. I don't really want the yep. finish to check. Um, right, right. And and in Chicago, winters are a different animal. If you're if you're not in oh. our area, it gets stupid cold. Not and as cold as like Minnesota, dry. but it gets really dry. 
And because um, I've lived elsewhere in the Midwest where you'd have like it would get cold, but it wouldn't be as dry. Um, right. So I just like I'm not going to mess with it. If, if I get a game and, where it's like I can put it in a hard shell case and that kind of thing, it might be different. But and I, I lived in your area. <laughs> Well, we what we experienced was the widest of humidity and not humidity when yeah, it came to it's a the, swamp. The summer, it was a swamp. It is a swamp. Chicago means oh. swelly swamp, people. That's, yeah. that's what the and word it, means. <laughs> it, the it, windy it, city. No, that is the actual meaning of the word Chicago. Is it, it is really a Native American. Swamp? It is a Native American word for smelly swamp. I can see that. I can see that because it is. <laughs> I, I lived in Great Lakes, which is only, what, 30 minutes, 35 yeah, minutes? Yeah, I know exactly where it's at. I've been up to that base and driven around and it. And we're right on, literally just like you guys, right on the lake. Um, I, I, I could literally walk from the, the place that I was living, the barracks I was living in, right down a hill to, the, to Lake Michigan, right? That's Lake Michigan? Yeah. Um, and it was just god awful that that particular and area the up there is like winter, even worse than where i'm at in terms of the humidity in the summer <laughs> and the winter was just <laughs> bitter cold and folks you can't imagine unless you've the lake michigan is huge okay Superior's the only one bigger but michigan is gigantic and it is you can't just see the like other side this. no and it's like a it's it's literally about the size of of uh, of a sea <clears throat> And yeah. it has it has waves like a sea. It has um, uh, currents like that. It's yeah. It's we have riptide, we have riptide like and stuff out there. Yeah, it's yep. it's uh, you don't go swimming in and Lake Michigan mostly because the yeah. mostly because of sewage. But yeah, and the winds <laughs> just come right out of the Hudson Valley from Canada, right straight down. Yeah, it just we don't. I so like oh. there are only a couple. If you go further north, winters get worse. But yeah. ours are noticeably bad for our latitude because of the lake and um right, right. And like people don't people don't understand until they live here so yeah they're hard on, it's hard on guitars um there yeah. are two places you really don't and it's really funny because most of the music activity happens in the three places where it's hardest on guitars the east coast the yeah. west coast you know if you're on the yeah. coast salt water if you're in yeah. if you're in the midwest most of the Midwest is probably okay. If you're in the Chicago area, heat and humidity, uh, and 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 also dry temperatures in the Ice. winter. Yep, icy cold, dry. Uh, a lot of people cracking their tops on acoustics in the in the in the winter. Believe yeah. it or not, um, I, I believe that. That's why I am religious about my humidity monitoring. In fact, I can see it from here. It's forty two percent humidity in this room right now. So, mine's right there. <clears throat> Uh, off the headstock of the right underneath Gene Simmons, there's a um, uh, humidity hydrometer. It, there's a hydrometer right there, yeah, and it's Bluetooth. I can look at it on my phone if I want to. <clears throat> anyway, uh, we've gone over the what I had expected. So uh, I've been David. I've been Jim, and tonight we've been practical guitars. <laughs> <laughs>